none of these areas are ready yet, but the game will launch on January 25th with the basic tour of the OPD that you're about to take. And then the other environments like the sewers and the laboratory will be patched in 6 to 12 days after that. Absolutely spectacular designs. Spared no expense. And we can charge anything we want. $2,000 a copy, 10000 and the fans will pay it. And then there's the merchandise. This remake was not built to cater only for the die-hard fans. Every gamer in the world has the right to enjoy Resident Evil 2. Sure, they will. But we'll have a coupon day or something. <laughs> Gee, the lack of humility before the original game that's being displayed here uh, uh, staggers me. I think things are a little different than you and I have feared. I know, they're a lot worse. Now wait a second, we haven't seen the full game yet. There's no reason. Well, let him, let him talk. I want to hear every viewpoint. Don't you see the danger uh, in inherent in what you're doing here? Uh, remaking a classic is one of the most devastating and awesome powers in this industry, and you wield it like a kid who's found his dad's gun. It's hardly appropriate to stay. Uh, if I may, if I may, I'll tell you what the problem with what you're making here. It didn't require any discipline to achieve it. You know, you saw the fan-made remakes, and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of loyal fans and modders to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you patented it, and packaged it, slapped a bunch of pre-order incentives, and now you're selling it. You're selling it. I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our developers have done things which nobody has ever done before. Yeah, but your developers were so preoccupied over whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid is on the verge of extinction. If I created a whole remake of the original Metal Gear Solid and saved the franchise, you wouldn't have anything to say. No, hold on. This isn't some series that was destroyed by corporate meddling or internal dispute. Uh, Metal Gear Solid had it in its shot and Konami selected it for extinction. I don't understand this Luddite attitude, especially from such a strong fan of Resident Evil. How can we stand in the light of nostalgia and not act? Oh, what's so great about nostalgia? It's a misleading, tainted act that destroys what it remembers. What you call nostalgia, I call the rape of the original game. The question is, how can you know anything about a classic that's over two decades old? And therefore, how can you assume that you know what fans want? You use the over-the-shoulder viewpoint. I mean, you picked that because it looks good. But the original game was made in a time where fixed camera angles and tank controls were prevalent. And old-school fans of that will lash out, violently, if necessary. Neptune, if there's just one person here who can appreciate what we're trying to do. The industry has changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. The original game, and this remake. Two games separated by 20 years of development, just thrown into the mix together. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? Previously, on the Project Umbrella Podcast. You have some advertising space, George. Go for it. Uh, okay. For what, for the website or for my escorting agency? The so-called tank controls were very tanky. Oh, I even find the idea that you can walk into a room and you can hear the breathing. It's like a... <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. I thought, right, I'll go and kill this bastard. It's a good thing we've got a remake coming along the way. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, it'll turn into some massive fight now. And then she'll pull out the lipstick rocket launcher. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs>
project. Um, well, Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Project Umbrella podcast, currently wallowing in the pool of remake goodness and coordinating the peace treaty between North Korea and America. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and would you believe it, it looks like we have a full house joining us on the podcast today. Some say he was born in the Lazarus pit, whereas we all know he was born down pit. It's Batman. Good evening. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. This season, he'll be mostly wearing bowler hats. It stars Tyrant. His time is extremely limited watching New Zealand progress in the FIFA World Cup. Oh, wait. It's Rombi. Hiya. If greatness is judged by the number of voice actors you can interview, then he is a god. If greatness is judged by any other means, then perhaps not. It's George Trevor. So pleased to be on this special edition of the Batman Was Wrong podcast. And finally, he's back, out on day release, it's Mr. Spencer. Hey, hey one, thank you. (laughs) Coming up on today's podcast, we are going to be exclusively focusing on Remake 2, Resident Evil 2 Remake, RE2, Remake, whatever you want to call it, it's the new game shown at E3. We then will be finishing with Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Let's start straight away with Resident Evil 2 Remake Demo. Money's in my account. Always a pleasure. Attention, all citizens, due to the citywide outbreak. And don't make my mistake. If you see one of those things, uniform or not, you do not hesitate. Whatever it takes to save this city. Surprised you made it this far. Need info on my extraction. Survival's your responsibility. God damn it. Will you help me? Of course. It's an impressive display of strength. <laughs> but we never meant for this to happen. <laughs> Coming back! So, unless you've been living under a rock for the past week or so, you would have known that E3 came and Capcom put on a full demonstration of the remake of Resident Evil 2. The 1998 game is now being fully remade to be released on the 25th of January 2019. Utilising the brand new RE engine, which was first shown in Resident Evil 7, we have a new over-the-shoulder camera uh, remake of the second game. In a lot of people's minds, it's the best game of the entire series. So there was a lot of trepidation when this was firstly announced uh, last year, and now it's been shown. Let's find out whether that trepidation has gone or people still have concerns. So I think the best way to start is with some initial impressions from everyone here. George Trevor, you seem quite keen to start spouting. So... (laughs) Yeah, always keen to spout. It's hard because I think there was so much talked about this game to begin with, and I had so much concern and worry. All joking aside, I agreed with almost the majority of Batman's reservations to begin with. I think pleasantly surprised, relieved more than anything else. There's a few nitpicks, and we'll come on to the you know the controversies with the date changes and things. But overall, I think from an initial feeling of what the RPD looked like, I liked the kind of the brownish palette and the lighting that kind of matched for me the remake of the Spencer Estate, and it felt a lot more dark. 
the new original a lot more horrific. And yeah, initial thoughts, I was really pleased with what I was saying. Good stuff. Batman, did you share those views? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I've been a massive fan of uh, this project ever since it was announced. I've supported it from the <laughs> word go. <laughs> um, but no, I have to be honest, when I saw the trailer and the gameplay videos, I was impressed with how good it looked. I was really relieved the police station was more or less the same. I know there's some aesthetic changes in it, but I really was expecting it to be completely different, or maybe even the generic office from 1.5. So I was relieved that the police station was more or less the same, and the new camera didn't surprise me, and yeah, it looks good. I must admit, I'm, I wasn't looking forward to this game at all, but now that it's out there, it feels like there's a big weight off my shoulders, and I, I am actually looking forward to it now. Uh, Rombie, do you share those views? Well, I've been relatively tried to be optimistic right from the get-go. I understand everyone's questioning of whether or not this is a necessary remake, but as we have always joked, Capcom going to Capcom. I saw that first trailer and I was like, ooh, I kind of want to see what the gameplay is like. I thought it was a, a clever way to try and reveal the actual official first showing. It wasn't until the second trailer that they put up at the same time that I was like, okay, I'm on board with this properly. Once you actually got to see a little bit more of the game, it was a better trailer. I don't know why they didn't use that one at the conference. And then once I got to see all the gameplay demos, I was definitely on board. I'm thinking if you're going to create a game in a modern environment of today's gaming, then it has to have certain elements that they've put in there. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing all the changes personally. I, I'm kind of more curious about that just to see what differences and to see if it just has, like, the demo's got a certain feel to it. I just want to see if it's got the same feel in the end result as the game originally had in 1998 because that balance is going to be important between modernising and being at least somewhat nostalgic. And look, so far, not too bad. Uh, Starstone? Yeah, as I was very vocal on Twitter, if people who follow me, and as you know in the chat, I have been pretty much down on the project. In the initial stages, when it was first revealed, I had a little bit of a meltdown. And it's not because, like, I honestly expected to be a camera angle-driven game. I, I, I think we're well past that kind of Capcom. Although, I did always hold a slight shred of hope, given how well the remake did on its re-release on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One and that. I was mainly sort of mortified by the changes to the RPD, some changes to the files and things like that. Like that because you know i look at it as a series where the canon's been the thing that's held the series together for the fans like ourselves and when you start meddling with that and creating issues between other games that's when i really take issue with it yeah. that said since then watching the gameplay videos i can't deny the game doesn't look wonderful the gameplay looks really fun the approach looks polished um, we'll get into a lot more with what I think about the RPD and whatnot later. But I'll just sort of say I'm enjoying the fact that the series is getting a wave of positivity in a way that we haven't seen for a long time. Mm. And I'm still going to get it. I'll still enjoy it. I'm just treating it as a what if as opposed to like a replacement for the original because it, it never will. I'll say that now for me. But if it was an original title looking like that, if it was Resident Evil 8 or Revelations 3, believe me, I would be all over it. Because I can't deny it doesn't look great, because it, it really does. Uh, Mr. Spencer? I'm just going to mirror what's already been said, is that it just looks you know, phenomenal. That they've nailed the atmosphere straight away. Their demo, the trailers, the atmosphere is just, they've got it down to a T. And I will say, it's testament, I believe, to the Ori engine and what that's capable of. And I like the fact that 
they didn't take away what made the RPD so iconic and how it looks, but they changed things around so it makes a bit more sense. For example, the reception desk is no longer at the back of the hall. You have to walk towards getting there. It's now at the very front near the doors, which makes a lot more sense. So they just made little changes to the layout that make more sense. It's like they looked at the original game and thought, how can we retain what makes that game what it is? But improve upon it and i feel that they have achieved that in spades in case anyone's interested I, I was actually on holiday when all this broke with no access generally to the internet so i came back to everything being released in one go and i was mortified by what i was seeing to put it bluntly like everything's been said it looks a fabulous game graphically the atmosphere looks spot on as as mr spencer said but for me i've never been a fan of this game being remade i see it as a completely pointless exercise the second game still holds up today to an extent because of the pre-rendered backgrounds graphically that all still looks pretty solid and the changes in my opinion are bordering on unforgivable that sounds pretty harsh (laughs) it is what changes in particular like if you give like one or two examples of what you would describe as unforgivable well it's it's the change of the dates um what's happening with that the layouts being fundamentally changed to what we've seen before so it, the geography does contradict what's seen in desperate times and in our in re3 i'm not aiming to be controversial in any way because the, the vast majority of it I'm, I'm in agreement with everyone no, no, it's it good looks, it's, it's... Looks stunning i am in agreement by the way nick with the changes you are, yeah. to the, the um, RPD. I... And, uh, I don't like claire's redesign as well for example it's good to have like very different opinions though it's fine to dislike something and i think it's very important to speak up if you criticize something because then you can discuss upon it as well and i think that's how we improve things you know so i'm I'm certainly happy to hear all this i would say all my criticisms are completely caveated by the fact that if remake 3 and outbreak hd remake comes along then all my criticisms are invalid i have exactly the same concerns as sean and nick i mean i've been very vocal for pretty much the same reasons why i didn't want this remake to happen but when i watched the first couple of trailers and especially the gameplay video the first thing i thought of well, this isn't just a remake, it's a, it's a reimagining, you know, a complete reinvention of the material. Because I didn't want this remake to replace the original game. That was my biggest fear for all the sort of reasons about the files and the canon that we'll get into. Because the first remake, it came only five years after the original, and that was done purely to replace the original game because it dated so badly. But the original had the same camera system, the same controls, it was directed by the same person, had largely the same development team, and it kept 80% of the original content and added maybe 20% of new stuff, which was mostly comprised of deleted material anyway. Whereas this one, it's a new camera system, new controls, a new director, almost a completely different developing team, you know, barring a few exceptions. And inside sources who have some information have claimed it'll be up to as much as 80% new content with only 20% of the original retained. And because of all that, I see it as an alternative Resident Evil 2 that will sit alongside the original rather than replace it. Well, I think that's a safer option for them, isn't it? Because I think if they tried to stay faithfully, which kind of we wanted in our hearts, perhaps, you know, in, in terms of head, that wasn't the most sensible of options because that was just, an, like you said, it was just an unachievable game. But at least this way, it's too far removed for them to kind of step, you know, on, on the grave of RE2. I don't agree with that criticism because the simple fact is that right now your main nitpick is the fact that the files don't match up, which doesn't match up to the other games. If that was corrected... 
if they were all the same dates and all the situations lined up, but the rest of the game was looking and playing the same way, mm. I mean, we don't know yet, you guys would be fine with it. You would be like, all right, it lines up with all the canon and it's in a new format. Cool. That's fine. It, that my main concern was that it was going to change drastically and it hasn't changed that drastically as far as the canon goes and the gameplay is different and that's fine because... The gameplay of lots of the games in the series has been varied. You know, we've had first-person games, we've had online games. The games have changed depending on what's been needed, obviously, but the canon had been consistent, especially for the historic stuff up until that point, and that's the main quibble you're having with it. I don't agree with that as a criticism. It's the thing that John said previously, it's 2018, not 1998. The gameplay has to, and the style of the game has to match the current audience expectations. I, I agree, but mm. there's no need to change dates. Yeah, They could retain yeah. the information in the files with no danger to damaging continuity. I think what it is, is when you talked about them just doing it a straight-up remake in the style of Ori 1 remake sort of thing. Now, that'd be great because that would be great for people like us, but like it or not, I think the majority of players today would not really want that kind of sort of fixed camera angle sort of approach i feel yeah I agree and, with that. and the way that i look at that is that if it's done with this over the shoulder thing everyone loved the over the shoulder thing it's more accessible every gamer in the world has the right to enjoy resident evil 2 and they will with this remake <laughs> when did you become a socialist <laughs> fucking hell um, rombie's point about the change of dates and the files doesn't affect the gameplay is absolutely correct and questions you know whether Sean might have a different take on it you know if those weren't changed but I think you underestimate the effect they do have on the gameplay because I think with this narrative that we cherish so much that when they do make those little changes which to us seem completely unnecessary by that very reason they don't affect the gameplay it kind of alienates us and takes us kind of out of the game you know that immersive feeling i think you're slightly more removed from it i don't know what you think about that if no, no, done... that's right. we're going to have a whole section on canon issues if you like so i think we should start off though is by talking about the graphics because that's one of the first things that really does hit you is how this game looks and then we can kind of talk about other elements as, as we go on but in terms of the graphical prowess if you like of how this game looks i think already we've discussed the praise of it and how detailed the game looks and in particular I watched a YouTube video about the gore there's a good level of gore coming back and the yeah. people shotgunning off heads and sometimes it all come off and then the flaps on the neck the rain and, and also the screaming the screaming yeah. as well when there was that scene of Leon grabbing hold of one I think a female zombie and she's like screaming and screeching like a banshee I mean I don't know about you guys for me these were the most fearsome zombies in the past the problem for me has almost been that they don't I mean it's the hunters that we remember as being you know causing that tension more so than the, the slumbering zombies with the poor character models but i think finally they've come of age and, and these are the most fearsome zombies in the series Which makes you think doesn't it that if the zombies in this game are actually formidable and dangerous and terrified what on earth are the liquors and whatever else yeah, is going to be like yeah, exactly what i was thinking because the whole focus on this is the gameplay you can move and shoot but you don't get accuracy so if you stand still which i think is a really brilliant balance to the whole conundrum with or not you should be like the whole problem with which a lot of people have when they first moved to the over the shoulder was the idea that you had to stand still to shoot still but i think this is a really good way of finding that balance where the enemies are formidable and you can run and gun if you need to but if you get way more accuracy if you stand still 
Hmm. And for enemies like the Lickers, that seems almost requirement. But at the same time, the payoff, they've got this thing about not moving and all that sort of stuff. They're really trying to amp that up, I feel. So this whole quiet moving thing is going to be really interesting as well, because I think that ratchets up the tension. Have you found, though, that the one problem I have, other than the fact that it completely blocks the screen, this over-the-shoulder perspective, when you're moving forward, is very clunky and cumbersome if you're trying to evade enemies quickly with that perspective. You know, that's not a throwback Capcom were purposely trying to do, the cumbersome controls i think it's the problem that the series has always had that you've got one control scheme or the other and none of them are going to be perfect they've all got their flaws i think the one issue that they definitely need to address if they haven't got it in the options is the same thing that fun enough they ended up putting to resident evil 6 which was the point of view slider because i think they need to make that adjustable to make it slightly comfortable for everyone because mm. i feel like maybe the default camera right now as it looks maybe is a little bit too close but then it seems like in some of the stuff I've seen, maybe it's okay. But there's definitely an issue with that. I can see that, especially if you've got fast-moving enemies. I can imagine some of the boss battles, if they're in certain similar layouts to the ones in the original game, could be quite problematic with that viewpoint as well. Well, let's look at the RPD then in terms of how it looks. Because obviously that's going to be the main focal point, isn't it, of this demo? That moment you first get into the RPD. What did everyone think of the lighting and the, the new layout and the lack of light, the lack of electricity? Yeah, I, for me, it was certainly a more realistic version of how you would find a, a police station, you know, in that situation. And it's a museum. So, yeah, it, it's a delicate balance they have got to strike. Of being, As you said, they probably didn't quite achieve it in the original game of um, it being a working police station and an old museum. But there we go. <laughs> I loved the lighting and it reminded me of the light and the rain. It reminded me of the lightning and the sound effects that we got with the Spencer Mansion. And it definitely felt, you know, they really kept the atmosphere. I think that's what we were worried. We were looking at things like Dark Side Chronicles and some of the fan remakes of Resident Evil 2 and saying yeah they're accurate and they're you know traditional to the original but they lack that atmosphere and they felt very cold this for me really had the atmosphere but my one concern about that hallway then what you guys felt it felt quite small whereas you know with RE2 maybe it's the pre-rendered backgrounds you know that's the one thing that got me when I first went into the RPD for the first time it's the expanse and the wonderment of the exploration that's ahead of you whereas this one it felt a lot smaller yeah, I would agree with that to some extent, but I just don't get the atmosphere. I just don't. I, I think the lack of music really hurts it. I think even though the lighting is really well done, it's a modern game with really incredible dynamic lighting and everything, but I almost like the sort of well-lit eeriness of the Resident Evil 2 RPD. I think to actually be able to see all the details of the fact that it was a museum. I think a lot of that's lost in darkness now, and um, I almost get this sort of really eerie emptiness, like a void. It's almost like time has stood still, and I kind of like that. I get the fact that this is depicting more of a chaotic situation, though, but I'm not going to lie, I do kind of miss that well-lit eeriness, that kind of feeling of being alone, whereas this is intense and it's claustrophobic could you say i love the dark atmosphere but i get what sean's saying there because when he was saying that about the eeriness with the bright light it really made me think of the romero supermarkets with the zombies and that was kind of the same kind of thing you know that was in the daytime and it was very eerie and the music's irreplaceable you know there is a reason why they've put a pre-order bonus for the original soundtrack mm. that's what got me because if you're going to replace the music replace the music but what they kind of seem to replace it with was these kind of just ambient noises that then disappear and don't go on a loop you know if you are going to change the music at least try to come up with something that just as much enhances the atmosphere and provides you like with a signature tune for that particular room and continues you know it was great that you heard that bell ring you do hear that when you come in you hear that kind of original bell ring from the original game but then it yeah, just fades out and, and then just total silence i didn't like that either i agree with you about the lighting but at the same time yeah there's a bit of change obviously to the level of chaos i think they really latched onto the idea about the police not knowing what was going on and that has to do with iron's kind of 
setting things up so i kind of like that obviously also i think it adds this gameplay dynamic which obviously they tried to push which is more you're going to light places up with fuses when you find them try and get lighting and power to certain areas it seems we've talked about this before with the original game they're trying to extend out your gameplay environment and keep you in the environment for longer because you have to change the puzzles up and and all this sort of stuff so i kind of see it from both directions it's atmospheric in its own way i think is the way i personally take it maybe they're going to do something like really beautiful where like as you restore light and power to areas like maybe the musical slowly return and like return to that kind of atmosphere that would be that would be really well done Batman. I don't really mind the changes they've done to the police station, but the main hall itself, I wish they'd kept the same as the original, purely because it is such an iconic room, a bit like the main hall in the mansion. You know, the remake didn't change it, it just gave it a lick of paint, really. I think it should have been how that virtual reality RPD main hall was done in um, the Unreal Engine. I don't know if you guys remember that. But, uh, I remember that, yeah. It was pretty yeah. cool looking. That's that's how I wanted it to look like. But all the other changes, I mean, if you look at the actual map of the station, it's it's pretty much identical. The layout hasn't changed at all, barring they've maybe made some rooms slightly smaller and put a few extra corridor junctions in there. They've added more in the west wing to fill out the space that was not originally occupied. It was almost inset on the west wing, but of course then if you looked at the outside of the building, it didn't make sense because the outside of the original building is level on both floors. So I think they've tried to actually tackle that part head on. And it's not a bad adjustment, it's just what it is. Well, a fix that needs to happen as well with the fact that there's no loading screens. Yeah. Because, you know, the elevation would have to change at some point, wouldn't it? Well, that's one thing the new main hall has yeah. fixed. If you look at the reception room, the elevation issue between the reception room and the west office has been fixed now. They've put a little um, sort of staircase and balcony in there to make it level out, whereas in the original game it, it didn't line up properly. Obviously their other big thing was bathrooms, which everyone <laughs> always commented on, and they even made a big pointing song and dance about it in the original streams on the, as many times as they can. We've added bathrooms and tried to think about this realistically as an actual... So there's bathrooms in the west, there's bathrooms in the east. And they've rammed I think that's fine, that makes sense. They've rammed the point at home as well by having the toilets flooding and the, the yeah. east corridor doors underwater yeah i'm agreed with john the main hall design i found in the original was iconic it's worth pointing out if i know a lot of people have already mentioned it on twitter and whatnot it is based on the original 1.5 concept art for the main hall i think or was it the re2 concept no, it's, art? St- it's still re2 but it's, RE2. Uh, it's got a dead officer manning the reception desk if i remember correctly i personally think that's a good balance I, and, and i'm only saying it's because I, it always didn't make much sense that the desk was at the back like john mentioned earlier on yeah it really didn't and that was one of the things that always me about the original. I get the criticisms because obviously this idea of not having this staircase in the back kind of changed the dynamic between getting from the first to second floor and then you end up using the emergency ladder. I think if this was a hall for an actual museum, then turned into a police station, it looks more realistic. It matches the idea of what a museum would be more like. Mm. I, I think, I think as a design, it should have been like this to begin with. That's kind of yeah. more the issue. It's fixed as iconic as the other one was. The whole emergency ladder didn't make any sense. Let's say you go into the police station and you're here to report something or whatever, right? You go in, you go, right, where's the reception desk? Oh, uh, it's right the way at the back of the room. Okay, so you walk all the way to the rear of the hall. Then you talk to someone there and like, yeah, you got to go to the um, the second floor where there's an office up there and just get your detective, whatever, will talk to you there. Okay, that's great. How do I get there? 
Oh, just give me a minute. I've got to get the fucking emergency ladder down. And then <laughs> yeah. you climb up there. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. There, I'm completely yeah, on board the, 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 with those things. I was going to say, because the upstairs right hand was another reception area, obviously, for people meeting, like, irons and any of the, anyone in that area. So you, in order to get there, you have to go all the way through the west and up and through the library, or you have to go through the east and go through an outside stairwell. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It I mean, is, it's, it is it is ridiculous. So, like, I can understand when they've looked at this and went, right, we had this original design and it probably should have been this to begin with because it actually makes sense. As, like, I think this is the thing. They've gone for this whole realism angle, much like the original remake really went for it, and they've gone, right, how do we fix these things? We add bathrooms. We add logical fallouts. This used to be a museum, so we'll make it look more like a museum. This still balanced the familiarity of what it was. Like, yeah, it's a criticism that I can see is valid. Like, yeah, it doesn't match the original. But I think to do that is to say that it's not being more realistic or it's not thinking about it. They are obviously thinking about it. They're not thinking about it too much, though, because the interview room is still in the same place as the original, which means they've got to bring prisoners out of the custody block through the basement, up the stairs, and down all the (laughs) corridors past the office to get them to the interview room. Yeah, I agree with that one. But maybe it's to do with, again, trying to keep as much yeah, consistent yeah. layout. But yeah, they do have to walk them a long distances. Having to walk all the prisoners through the entire building. It's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever You had to bring them out through the basement and all around, and then actually through one of the offices, I think, isn't it? Because there's no door. Yeah, there's no doorway, so you have to bring them out through one of the main offices. <laughs> Through a reception area. That's what makes it fun, these games. Because it's like, yeah, uh, I need to use the bathroom. Well, how do I get in? Okay, you got to go to my secret puzzle room and rotate these paintings around three times. <laughs> and I get this key that will unlock the toilets. <laughs> I love that. Like, if I was a crazy millionaire and I had you know infinite amount of money, I would say, right... I want to build, like, a house, but the only way to get in the toilet is to turn these paintings around and get this little trap door open to get this spade key to open the door for the toilets. I would do that because it's stupid. I did see, um, I'm sure in one of the demos, the club key room. I think there was markings on some of the doors. Yeah. Um, which indicates that four keys are back, which is nice. And George spoke about it earlier. Certainly the best-looking zombies I think we've had in any Resident Evil game. I'm not familiar with many other zombie games because there's far too many of them, but how do they compare to other games that contain the undead? I would say, Nick, hands down, and this is no hyperbole, these are the best zombies ever depicted in a video game, from what I've seen. Hyperbole. That's a big claim. <laughs> Honestly, I think in terms of the, like the level of destruction, in terms of how they look, they actually look scary. And when was the last time zombies in the game looked scary? You know, they've really got like the dead eye look to them really good. They've got the ferocity um, and the sort of destruction. I mean, on the Capcom video that they showed, you know, where CVX Freak and Cat was on it, they actually blow the entire side of one of the zombies' heads off and it still keeps coming at them, you know, with like half a face missing. The detail's exquisite. Yeah, it's I something that we've talked about a lot on the podcast because we, we always anticipated over the shoulder coming for Resident Evil 2 and we wondered how they were going to implement that but still making zombies challenging because I mean at the end of the day RE4 just turns into a you know a bloodbath of fun you know I, I often said the difference between RE3 and 4 is that if there's 20 zombies coming towards you you panic in Resident Evil 3 but if there's 20 Ganados coming towards you you go yes fun. to be fair though Nick to yeah. be fair to can't point that in Resident Evil 2, when you get near the latter half of the game, the game gives you so oh. much ammo that it becomes a shooting gallery, basically. You know, Ori 2 has the same yeah. issue as Ori 4 with, like, you know, a bloodbath. Mm. 
I'm not sure I agree, but it's always going to be a challenge to balance out the over-the-shoulder advantage that you get in being able to do headshots relatively easily compared to the kind of tank controls of just shooting aimlessly. It looks like they've struck a good balance here. It's like what Rombie said before, though, about the, the moving and shooting aiming system. When you stand still, your crosshair closes in, so you can like line, up the, yeah, so you can line up the perfect shot. Mm. And the zombies are like more bullet sponges, whereas like the Ganado, if you shot one of them in the head, it got propelled backwards about five foot. Mm. And other things, like the, the corridors seem slightly narrower, so you can't run round the zombies. It's a combination of different things, I think. Yeah. And I saw quite a lot of, not 28 days later style movement, but a lot of quick jolts, you know, which seems to help. I just hope this still retains that survival horror element of conserving ammo, seeing a zombie and not necessarily going, yeah, bang, 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 but oh, hold on, I've only got 20 shots left, let's save it. I think from what I saw with Cat and Code Veronica Freak playing on that Capcom stream, what will help that is the fact that it just felt the combat felt very, you know, the gun and and the ammo, you know, you weren't blasting, you didn't feel like you were blasting, like you say, taking a commando four steps away from you. And I think that survival horror element is definitely helped by the gameplay mechanic that, you know, the gun felt very small. And when you're firing the bullets, you know, it just all felt very limited and very restrictive, the ammo, as opposed to, you know, just blasting your way through, like, you know, cannon fodder. Mm. I hope so. You know, the only shining light in this game is if they can actually sort this out with that over the shoulder, then it gives them a bit more options going forward with other games and whatnot but it might be the balance that the series has kind of been needing to oh well yes. as i said because i i think it's a good middle ground towards the people who were found the over the shoulder did like reasonable for far too much like this is just an action game and the and the, the tenseness of a kind of a having to stop and and so forth as i said before it does it's a nice little middle ground and i do also like the middle way they're found with the defense knife idea which is that you've got a knife and it's still a knife because obviously it can be reused as long as you grab it again, but it slowly deteriorates and breaks. I think that's a really good middle ground to having to pick up little defensive knives all the time as per the remake. Yes. yes. The fact that they're using the RE engine from RE7, but it's not first person, I mean, is that, I presume, so that they can get the, you know, using the over the camera perspective instead of first person? So clearly this is not going to be in VR at a later date. Do you think that's so that they can really preserve the details of the RPD? Um, I think it's an exquisite engine, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I love it. And I love the stripped back inventory. Um, but you're just not having the first person perspective. I, I just think it shows how versatile it is. It's being used for Devil May Cry 5 as well, and they'll probably use it for other things. I mean, it's clearly the most recent engine that, that Capcom's happy with the money spent in development, that they're happy that it's a modern engine, and yeah, I, obviously it makes sense to use it. I do have to say, their engine building is brilliant, because they're like the framework engine that they use for Resident Evil 5. I mean, I remember when that game first came out, and, and it, it was mind-blowing, the visuals. You know, some of the cutscene graphics still look incredible now. And yeah. whoever designs these engines for Capcom, they, you know, really need to be applauded because it is one of like the industry-leading engines. I think this one. I mean, you know, the way certain textures and surfaces look. I mean, it's just like all the little things, like the way physics is integrated in a way that feels natural. I know physics has been part of games now for you know 20 years, but there's certain ways. Like, I'm still impressed. Like when like Leon shoots a zombie and it sort of tends to stumble against the desk and everything on the desk falls over it in a really natural way um or the momentum that they continue to have after you yeah. shoot the head off and they still kind of stumble forward as if they've still got a head attack I, I, one of the things i love is where um where he like actually shoots one of the zombies heads off and it grabs him and then the actual animation for leon changes and he just kind of pushes it to one side and it just slumps dead it's a really impressive thing to look at and, and the fact that it has come from a vr sort of build you know, it was the previous time we've seen it was for a VR game. Really just show the versatility of it. And, you know, maybe maybe they can put some VR features in. Be impressive to see. 
on the scheme of the RPG, I will bring up one more thing which I know has been contentious and I know people will definitely have an opinion on, which is the fact that, obviously, for a modern game, it signposts you where to go. Well, You've got the graphic yeah, information, but also, yeah. obviously, the interactivity of the actual RPD itself and well, examining items and so forth. It's interesting you say that, Rob, because we talked about this a little bit on the Facebook chat, and uh, we mentioned how, at times... And I'm not saying it's anywhere in anywhere comparable, but at times it doesn't look that far away from the opening sequences of Resident Evil 6 as they are. Because in the opening of Resident Evil 6, it's quite sort of objective heavy. You know, you have to go to a location in exactly the same way you look like you have to at the beginning of Remake 2. You have to push something out of the way in like a context button. You know, there's, you no, there's no lights. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And the actual control I, 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 is very similar. You know, it, it does it, look it's just very without, similar. Yeah. It does look very similar without the action run controls. It's that walk, forced walk thing that was in there. I get that. I have to admit, I have had the same thoughts. Sorry, I was just going to go back to something Sean said about the physics and, and the little objects falling off, you know, surrounding you. I noticed that in RE7, that was something that, whilst it should probably immerse you more into your environment, it didn't have that effect on me as much as what really does immerse me in the environment. I'm interested, because I know Batman's a fan of these things, is the lack of environmental descriptions. I know yeah. maybe it's a bit more old-fashioned that that, just for me, it's odd maybe that having just a line on the screen, these books are all about biology and history, that brings me more into the story than... Which I, I get the importance of it. You know, an enemy bumping into a table and you see a couple of, like, test tubes fall off. There is an inherent difference as well with, like, the fidelity of the environments now. Which is, like, there's been, obviously, people putting up threads of, like, things I've seen in the background where you can read a poster and see a logo or see a person or see something on it. Which kind of almost, it doesn't quite make up for it, but it, it makes up for it a little bit. I said the same sort of thing in Resident Evil 7, didn't I? Because in VR, because you can actually lean in and see the detail that you don't necessarily need it describing for you. Mm. But I still miss that. I still miss being able to go up to something, you know, pressing the button and it's... And getting an internal dialogue idea of what the character is actually going through because it makes you understand the character a little more or their understanding or their feelings or their thoughts about it. Yeah. I, I, I was get that as well. I was actually re-listening back to our 20th celebration podcast uh, in preparation for this one. And there's a bit in it where Batman talks about um, being able to explore the library and how each section has its own like little description. And one of the sections explains how all these are books of Umbrella and that. And in the library footage that I've seen, and not many people got to the library, so there's only a couple of streams that have the, the library footage on it. The Capcom one does, if anyone wants to check it out. But it looks like there is next to no interaction with the bookshelves. And it is that detail that I miss. Mm. We got some of it in RE7, didn't we, with the kind of nods to Clive O'Brien and, and Alicia. Uh, oh, his book that you finally made. Uh, yeah, well, so it is and, there. And the um, paper. There's a photo of Arclay Forest, too. Yes. Yeah. If we're going to get into the references, then that is something I think we'll all be pretty positive about, won't we? The examination of the environments thing is, is going to be another perspective thing. I know it's not first person, but you're still going to be able to lean in and look at things in a way that you could never do with the original camera angles. You know, you could aim at the books on the bookshelf and see the umbrella logos on it. And we've already seen things like in the original game, you could go up to Chris's desk and it would say, this is Chris Redfield's desk, whereas you could actually shine your torch on it now and you can see the name badges of all the individual officers. So it's still so there. It's, it's, it's still it's there, there, isn't it? Just, yeah, it's, it's just in a different way. way. Yeah. Just wanted to say the comparisons going back to Resident Evil 6 and the Ivy uh, University section interests me because 
that was one of the first sections we saw from Resident Evil 6. And I remember at the time thinking, wow, it looks and feels spectacular. But then when you actually played the actual gameplay, it was extremely linear. And you're right, mm. it, it was very similar to the opening of this demo. And that's what concerned me. And the fact that you're told where to go, those comparisons with that RE6 gameplay, they worry me because I think in the chat, maybe Batman or Stars mentioned it. One of the good things about RE2 is, is that kind of you, you go into the building and you're completely lost and you don't really know where to go and you're kind of blindly exploring. Whereas in well, this demo, it you're told it's all linear. I was going to say, I think that goes back to the concept we've talked about, especially also with the original which is that it's not so much that that is true it's more that the way that it feels like it's true yes mm. there are very specific pathways that you can only take and that is still the same of resident evil 2 and if you're going to compare the original resident evil say the 96 version against resident evil 2 in 1988 it was definitely more linear there than the original was on its kind of openness and both of them were still restricted it's just the difference is now you've literally got hand-holding you've literally got something telling you go to the east side go examine this but unfortunately that's part and parcel of modern gaming it's many games do this it's yeah it's, it's like the equivalent of what it would have been in 1908 where you were allowed to explore and allowed to do these sorts of things on your own but now not, lots of games have that not every game can be dark souls can it because it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be accessible or work i mean you know one of the more sort of disheartening ones although when you think about it it, it just states what we already know is obvious so like in the original you went up to the the statue bearing water and you see the single slot you know in your brain oh i need to find an emblem for that or something now you go over to it and examine it it's got three slots but now a prompt comes up like almost like an objective marker which says find three medallions for the statue and it's like oh it's just almost like gives you a shopping list whereas in the in sort of the 1999 and 1998 era when we played this you had to retain this for yourself you had to remember right there's a statue there i need the emblem and then when you find it you think oh fucking hell that's that's for the hallway but the one Whereas thing now, that... I can, now I can see there'll be a, probably a checkbox which say yeah. like one of three medallions found, two of three medallions yeah. found kind what, of thing. Why, yeah. why can't they still have the gameplay which involves that though, where you have no fucking idea where to take that again it's not about not knowing where to take it it's always been this way you're thinking about it the wrong way which is that you could only access certain doorways until you found the key and the idea is that sometimes puzzles would come later that you would come across that is yeah. still in there because i saw stuff some through some of the gameplay demos where you came across there was a, a locked room with a statue behind it there's another area in the library where you need to get a handle for a jack that you don't have yet in order to get access to an area to move the shelves there are parts of this, obviously, where you're going to find stuff at varying times and you're going to get access to areas before you have to backtrack. It's obviously still in there. It's just that in the early stages right now, it just looks much more linear because even the original game is linear. You, you, when you came into the RPG, you walked in. There's only a certain doorway that you could access. You could only go one way to, to it, get to Marvin. It is only Marvin's room, isn't it? Exactly. And then you'd it, yeah. get kicked out and then you'd, you could only go to the West Wing and the West Wing would take you on a very linear path. You'd start to find the jewels that you needed in order to get access to get the key that would give you the key to progress it's it's still linear it just gave you the idea that it wasn't what i'm saying is though that you can find certain items that aren't used for puzzles that are right around the corner you, you may find an item that actually you don't need to use until latter stages in the game so you you have that concern that image that, concern about what's used but i know you're saying that that's why i'm saying that i saw in the demo there were puzzles setting up for things that you'll find later oh, on which is yeah, also happening there are actually. and vice versa you'll probably find items that you won't need until later on the thing that 
I'm interested in that I didn't notice was they've said there's item boxes, but I didn't actually pay attention to where they were or anything during the demo. Did anyone else see that? Because I know there's obviously a limited inventory. There is. There's one I in the photo Leon room. Up, okay, so I saw Leon pick up an extra pack that gave him two extra slots quite early on, but I don't know if that's just for the demo just to show that they exist or if that's actually going to be in the final game in its location that's upstairs on the second or third floor. But obviously it belies the idea that you're going to have to carry stuff around and then maybe this isn't as linear as we think it is. We just don't know because it's well, a demo. Well, Look at the 97 demo, it was exactly the same way. It only took you in a very specific path. I mean, just touching on the linearity aspect of it, one of the interesting things about the layout is they've not really added many new rooms to the police station, but they've added a few extra corridors. Like, there's a corridor now that links the West Office, the records room, and the briefing room that wasn't there in the original. So you've got, like, alternate routes to go around now, which adds yeah. sort of like a tactical element to it. You know, it's, if you've got three liquors in one corridor, you can go the other wow, way. And I don't it, mind changes like that. That's, too, yeah. That reminds me of the birdcage corridor in the remake. Yeah, it's yeah. nicely bolted on and it doesn't contradict too much. And I don't they also like said, you we talked about things being quite sort of linear or not. One of the things that they talked about in the gameplay demo they were doing was that uh, they were kind of inspired by like this sort of level of exploration and investigation that you get in games like metroid and castlevania where you'll get like an upgrade or something and you want to come back later and then backtrack and find something and check something else i go oh, yeah i got this thing now maybe i can get inside that door that i saw earlier that i couldn't get in before because i didn't have a certain thing i needed to open that door kind of going with that sort of thing well, i hope so because i think one of the benefits of re7 was that yes it, like all the old games they are technically linear if you start to think about it but re7 gave off the impression that it really wasn't um mm. so they still have the, the, the little notifications as to where to go the, the stupidest part about that criticism is that realistically if they just allow you to switch it on or off that yeah. nulls the point like if yes, you can yes. turn it off and then you turn off all the little markers that tell you what you can and can't check yeah. then that's fine if you want to it play might it that be way, that in harder can. difficulty modes could be could be i don't know if you notice where in the actual gameplay demo they could save without the use of an ink ribbon and i firmly believe that in harder difficulty modes there's gonna be some kind of like oh retro difficulty mode kind of thing well, where it'll give you ink ribbons and that's it'll exactly give you... the same as yeah, sorry, yeah say, that's exactly the same as resident evil 7 with the tapes i think they've it's, already yeah. they've already confirmed it i think ink ribbons are going to be in a harder difficulty mode oh sign me up for that <laughs> I, can i just retract a point i made earlier just while it's still in my head i'm just looking at the map now and i know i was laughing at where the interview room was mm. it's still in the same place <laughs> on the first floor east wing but it is actually sealed off you can only get to it via a stairwell that wasn't there before and i'm presuming that goes down to the basement so if that stairwell leads right down to the custody block then bravo capcom actually makes perfect (laughs) sense because it does you just come up the stairs and it's a corridor that goes straight to the interview room you can't go anywhere else you can't access the rest of the first floor i think you can only in the sense that they've added a doorway to the press room that allows you to cut through the press room on the west side of it now which Uh, also makes sense yeah. But that's still fine because that's an access point for detectives to make their way through. They cut through the press room and yeah. get to the... Yeah. So let's talk about Leon and Claire and their respective new looks. Um, and, of course, voice actors as well. That's a, a key point for George Trevor. How do we feel Leon looking? Bear in mind the backlash they got with re7 chris i personally found he looked a bit more leon-esque i like this look but i particularly like the youthful thing that's been commented he, on he looked um, young yeah he's a rookie cop and, and he's gonna look like that and actually whilst i had more problem with the claire character model that to me looked a bit cartoonish apart from the fact that i don't know why he can't be wearing his original uniform uh you know from the original game i like his model 
He is, isn't he? Is he? Hey, this is the thing that's been discussed. If and you look at in the trailer that was released, he arrives in his uniform, and at some point, which isn't shown in the demo, they've removed it. He gets given extra tactical gear, yeah, which again kind of goes back to the 1.5 concepts and so forth, which is actually not a bad idea, and it makes sense. So if they're adding that as an element, that's fine. It still keeps the iconic look, but allows it to have that flexibility to say, look, they're police officers, and they're trying to be realistic about the response. Just to confirm, real quick here, you talked before. About- about that stairway that you hope goes to the basement where the custody block is it does go down to b1 i looked it up good so that goes straight to the interrogation room oh well bravo capcom they were obviously (laughs) paying attention has um, any of the footage shown the star's office yet no but the map shows a a small armory attached to it which wasn't there's a one photo of the outside hallway which shows that it still has the handcuffs attached to the uh yeah to the railing outside that's also the corridor where the liquor goes past the window. If you look at that map I just linked there, there seems to be like a little sort of office of some kind in the star's office. Yeah, that's a, that's a small armory. It replaces the gun cabinet from the Oh, no, 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 because there's an armory above it. There's an armory above on the map there. But to the oh, how do be to the sort of left of the star's office, there's like an open door, sort of doorway, not a door. I wonder if that's probably Wesker's office. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'd be interested to just change the layout to include either a briefing room or an office. That would be my two choices. Yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. I hope it's Wesker's office, because I feel like a star's captain would have an office. But then what about Enrico? So We'd share it with Wesker. But there were the shared desks, yeah, like it was in the original. Either that or they're going to change it and there's going to be desks for everyone, but I somehow doubt that. I think it's bigger than it was in the original, for sure, the star's office. Uh, yeah, it is because they've got rid of the where the lounges. You don't have that access way going up beside the library, which was part of the reception area up there. Ah, uh, um, yeah, cutting, cutting through to the um, where the statues are. Makes sense. They've added a, a linen room as well, which I'm presuming is where they all get kitted up. Which seems makes sense. Make sense. With Claire, it was something I'd noticed because I was oddly playing it the other day. She looks like her Survivor 2 model. If anyone dares to open up Survivor 2 <laughs> and look at the, the official artwork of that on the back, um, you will see that it's heavily, <laughs> heavily inspired by that. Um, was it you guys linking to um, Alison Court's tweet as oh, well? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty on point, too, actually. Once you actually looked at the photo of her beside it, you're like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. She had a point, yeah. Have you actually seen Claire's new model? It's on... uh, Where did I see it now? I'll see if I can find a picture. Carry on. She's wearing uh, Resident Evil 2 concept art costume as well, isn't she? It's not Elsa Walkers, is it? It's It was when they changed it to Claire, but it's still a The red jacket, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Right. Um, which, okay, I hate it. I hate the fact that they've changed it. I think um, Claire's look, as ridiculous as it, as it was, I know biker girls wouldn't be able to wear knives and stuff in the street, but um, <laughs> it was an iconic look and I think, you know, that kind of look is synonymous with Claire and to change it you know, it's, it's just one of those things I just think, why, you know, why, why change that look? We've not seen a lot of Claire with uh, her scenarios and what she's up to, and Capcom also confirmed we're not having the zapping system, there's no A and B scenario in scenarios. Yeah. All gone. I was going to say, I think the idea of showing Leon goes back to the idea of how the game originally was shown, and obviously when they dropped Alistair Walker, they ended up having to focus on Leon for a little while, and obviously the demo that came out with Drew's cut was Leon-focused. I think they're trying to fuel it in the same line of nostalgia. I mean, maybe that's giving them too much credit, but we've made silly predictions before, but I would laugh. Because obviously they've picked this release date as the 21st anniversary, and it's in that middle day between when the US release was and when the Japanese release was. Obviously very intentionally picked. 
because the uh, US one was like the 21st, I think it was, or the, and then the Japanese was the 29th, so 25th is the right smack dab in the middle. I will laugh very silly if they release a demo publicly on the 25th of September this year, because that was the day that Resident Evil Director's Cut dropped with the Resident Evil 2 demo. Hmm. I, will, really? I will laugh. Wow. <laughs> Just to me, it, it kind of goes in line with the way that the original game was kind of showing off at this point, this far out at E3. At that point, they were still working hard on trying to recreate the game from the 1.5 version. And so the, the E3 reel from 1997 has a combination of like the original 1.5 footage and new versions of Resident Evil 2. And they really eschewed showing much of Claire in it because she wasn't fully formed as a character at that stage. She was, but not to the point of publicity. We do see Sherry, I think, in one of the trailers. Again, yep. redesigned. Yeah. She's still wearing and a we... pendant, though. Mm. Yes, I see that. And we see brief no, look at Birkin's eye. And a silhouette of Ada. Silhouette of Ada. Who looks Without, like she's no. wearing the cliche trench coat. But which is I, based on a piece of concept art again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It might not be a trench coat because it is a shadow, but if it's a trench coat with a hat, I'm just going to be like, what? It's like, I'm not a spider. <laughs> are we, are, are we going to go there with the hat then? We're going there. We're going oh, there. Man. So, another canon mess up with, uh, with <laughs> Survivor and whatnot, but there we go. Wow. It goes back to concept art, doesn't it? We've talked about this as well. Like, they've Sorry. mostly gone down the archives and went, oh, at one stage we thought about putting a hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks ridiculous. The design of Mr. X was always intimidating. And you know what? The coat kind of worked. It worked within the aesthetic of what they were trying to pull off. This intimidating, imposing, you know, fucking eight-foot-tall monster. You put a hat on him, and it just looks ridiculous. It just does not look intimidating. The shot at the end of the trailer, where he's trying to get through the bars, I mean, I actually laughed out loud. I want to make this point, just in case they've changed how he arrives. Is the hat bolted to his head? Because obviously, (laughs) if he's dropped... From the sky with a helicopter, how does the hat stay on? No, because what happens is he gets a nice, he gets a nice moment where he comes through the uh, ceiling and then he actually produces the hat from his coat and I just fixes puts it, it very on, nicely. Like Leon does in the um, Ori, you know, in Ori Ford, oh, the, the yeah. typewriter skin, he does that yeah, well, pose. Yeah, it's almost like the Terminator pulling out the sunglasses and putting oh, the sunglasses on. Yeah, that you is know, it's Harrison actually. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh. I forgot. He's dropped. The capsule opens before he drops out of it. Like it doesn't. <laughs> the capsule doesn't hit the ground. If he drops in the capsule and he's already got the hat and comes out of the capsule, okay, I'm all right with that. But I don't understand how the hat would stay on. That is a ridiculous nitpick. I know, but I'm just. I mean, I, I mean, like imagine you saw it... the one, the tyrants in um, Damnation, and they came out of those capsules with a fucking hat on. It. Oh my god. <laughs> all the intimidation you know, of them because they are intimidating in I Damnation. Saw... But it'd just be ridiculous. When I first saw that thing at that part of the trailer where it shows Mr. X the hat looking into that sort of you know bars of that. Oh. Thing, right. Well, I saw that. The first thing that came around was like. Have I ever told you about our oh, Lord and Saviour, Lord Oswald E. Spencer? <laughs> <You> know, like... <laughs> the interesting thing about that scene, though, we'll get to it, is the oh. fact that the tyrant is impaled by what looks like Birkin's claw. Ooh. Yeah. The tyrant looks British now. You can always imagine him having a British accent. <laughs> My God. Not, is it just because of the hat? It's because of the saying hat. that it's because of the hat. All right. I well, can no, are you wearing a bowler? Can we confirm that? Is it a bowler or is it a fedora? Because I haven't bowler, really looked. That's a, a fedora. fedora. No, it. isn't fedoras like Indiana Jones, isn't it? No, fedora yeah. trilby. A trilby, maybe? Trilby, trilby, yeah. We need to check what yeah, hat tr- it is. Yeah, it is a trilby hat, yeah. 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 Okay, there you go. I get the idea that putting a hat on it with the coat, it's supposed to be like more like it blends in, but obviously it never blended in because the frickin' thing's got a melted face right now, and... <laughs> It's stupidly tall, so 
I don't see the point. Like, the argument is, okay, yeah, it's more infiltration, and this is going back to what I made the comment about the Terminator, because that was the original, obviously the original intent when James Cameron had this idea of having the Terminator was supposed to blend in, and then Schwarzenegger turned up, and he was like, well, I've got to pass this guy. And so that's essentially, to me, the equivalent. So the hat is really pointless, other than a design feature. He might like the hat. Do you ever think about that? Does anyone ever think? hats. Yes. Is there a hatter in the umbrella department? Is there a guy who specifically makes hats for tyrants? There's a tyrant line of hats. So I'm about to answer your earlier concern, Sean, when you said, oh, he's going to fall out the capsule and the hat's going to fall off, all that sort of stuff. Here's my answer to that. He falls out the capsule, but he's not wearing the hat, right? He's not wearing the hat. He didn't come with the hat. He falls down, he's walking around, goes to like the fucking linen room or something like that, and then it's like he finds his hat, looks at it, and goes, yeah, yeah, and he puts the hat on, looks in the mirror, and that's going to be his introduction. It won't be in the linen room, the hat will be hanging up on like, like a hook in the, one of the yes. reception areas or something, I don't know. If you look at the remake, the only one remake, if you look outside Spencer's room that you use a Spencer key to get into, there's a hat stand there with the fedora on it. If they do that, then fine. In the world of Biohazard, where we've had singing zombies in the voice of Gaia and we've got whale blood turning god knows what into what and tyrants wearing speedos yeah, not I you know is it I, as far-fetched they'll have it where he just finds a hat looks in the mirror at it doesn't see anything but just looks at it and is like like you know that scene in Terminator 2 where the T-1000 like does that look at like the metal like mannequin thing yeah. I think it'd be like that where he looks at the hat and puts the hat on and then leaves the room it's eerie it's weird but it's eerie you know I think it'd be I think it'd work I'd like to um, see him walk in the office and just throw it onto a court stand perfectly <laughs> like Sean Connery. I, I'd be, I think it'd be more hilarious if he throws it and it lands on a zombie's head. Yeah. You guys aren't helping me. That little guy that uses his, his hat as a, like, as a weapon. Odd, yeah. oh, odd job. Odd yeah. job. Oh, odd job. That's it. The odd job tyrant. <laughs> Maybe at one point during the Birkin battle he puts it on Birkin's head and pulls it down to cover his eyes. <laughs> I know the Birkin's like confused like oh, oh he's knocking over shit and everything, you know, because you can't see what's going on. Like Lola and Hardy. So this, this conversation shouldn't happen, and yet it has, because they've got a hat on a tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, look, I, I've said this to you guys, and I've said it to a couple of other people, I haven't seen anything on the level of lipstick rocket launches or anything that's really made me that worried. If a hat on a tyrant is the worst we're yeah. going to get right now, then I'm, I'm okay with that. True, true, true. Now Birkin's going to wear a hat. Can you imagine, like... G-Form 2 Birkin. There's a secret mode in the game where all enemies have hats. Yes. And you will lock it after beating the game with an S rank. What is Nick Valentine from, guys? Fallout 4. Because apparently um, this is Capcom's homage to him. Is yeah, he a ghoul who wears a hat or something? It looks very uh, similar. He's a synth. He's not a ghoul. He's a synth. Oh, right. he's, a, he's a companion in Fallout 4. He's... I've seen that a few times on Twitter, a few comparison pictures that look nearly identical. Yeah. I just imagine Sergey going, ah, Leon, this is Mr. X. Mr. X, show them what you do. And he takes off the hat. And then fires it. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned Sergey, yeah, and someone did point out to me on Twitter, how did I feel when the tyrants in Umbrella Chronicles had battle visors? And I said, and I thought at the time it looked ridiculous. Yeah. I yeah. still think it looks ridiculous even now, personally. Yeah, it does. It was what it was at the time. I think we were all in the as well as we were like, why the hell is it wearing a hat? I think we'll all get over it. It is just what it is. 
because I have more issues with the way the face looks than I do about the hat. Yeah, it doesn't look right, does it? I don't think it looks intimidating. I don't want to say it's just because of the low-poly model, but there was this almost stern blankness to the original face, and it was even in the artwork that it just it didn't have any emotive state. It was just what it was, and whereas this look of its face makes it feel like it actually has something behind it. And and interestingly, as as the visuals got more detailed in things like Outbreak and... um, God, even dare I say it, Operation Raccoon City at least did the Mr. X's quite well. They even managed to retain that look. Even Damnation Tyrants retained that look, really. That sort of yes. blank expression. Whereas, like, I do agree with what you're saying. It's almost like the faces is now too detailed. That it, It's kind of lost that almost non-human aspect of it. It looks like Skullface from Metal Gear Solid 5. Oh, no, that game was terrible. Don't <laughs> reference it. Why would you mention I'm just five? You've ruined this podcast. <laughs> but that's, that's it's similar. Because it's a valid it's a valid comparison. I mean, the, I, it, it, people will be making the Freddy Krueger comparison. Yeah, that's the, another one. Yeah, I hope he retains the hat when he um, sheds the limiter coat and we get a full Tyrant 103 <laughs> on fire with claws with a hat. The hat is his power old. limiter. That's the twist. <laughs> yes. Don't make me take this hat off, Leon S. Kennedy, or there'll be trouble. That's the new twist. That's why the rocket launch is a two-shot deal. So now you fire it once and you kill him and then the, the hat pops off and then he, he changes again. Oh, fucking hell. You know, what, you know what's going to happen now. You know when you blow him up and kill him, you're just going to see the fireball and then his hat land on the floor with smoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious the hat's going to come off much earlier than this. This is what I'm saying. No! No, it won't! Don't ruin it! <laughs> Who's going to shoot it off? Like Leon's going to end up shooting it off. There'll be an achievement for knocking his hat off. Probably. Yeah. Will be. Tyrants oh. have always managed to maintain that sort of sense of intimidation, bar the battle visor ones. <laughs> that sense of um, style. I, I, I just think it's a shame that the most comical thing in the trailer for me is, you know, the thing in Resident Evil 2 that inspired my online name because I thought the tyrants represented something so awesome and powerful, and I just can't, I can't see that in the design in the remake because the hat just, I find it's it fine. honestly comical. It's, it's fine. The hat's great. <laughs> like we'll imagine the, the tyrants in Damnation were the exact same, but wearing hats, you'd still think we're badass, except slightly more fashionable. It's fine. Fine. The hat is Does fine. Does that mean that we, if they remake Resident Evil 3, the Nemesis is also going to get a hat? He's going to get a flat cap. A flat cap. <laughs> we need to move on from this conversation. I think we do. Day here on hats. Oh, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, so, I mean, so we haven't seen uh, a lot of characters. I think we hear Brian Irons. Yeah, about money in his account or something. For that mad fool to turn up. He's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to him because I think, you know, he's a lot more dark foreboding atmosphere. So I'd expect, you know, them to even play even more, and he's, you know, his psychopathic tendencies and that whole, you know, really sinister backstory that stood out in the original game. I can't wait till he turns up. Like, Brian Irons is, like, one of my role models, and <laughs> I think he's a great character. I can't wait till he turns wow. up. I really like his depiction in Resident Evil 2. I think he's quite sort of sinister and eerie and bizarre a and, in all the kinds of manic and, yeah. right ways. Um, in Dark Side Chronicles, I found he was almost a bit too pantomime for the brief scenes he's in. He has a really crap line in Dark Side Chronicles, which is like, you know, too bad off stuffer. And, you know, <laughs> 
know, it was it was so much better in the original. My beautiful town. I, I like all that though. I kind of like <laughs> the fact that he's a, he's a broken man by that point. You know, his simple line about how taxidermy used to be his hobby is all you <laughs> needed to realise like how gone in the head he is. But no longer. You know, like, and, can't see what he says. That even Claire looks at him like, "What the fuck are you on?" Yeah. Doing? <laughs> but it's good though, and especially because he's talking about taxidermy with the the mayor's dead body in front of him. You didn't need to be told in detail what he's going to do. Whereas like Dark Side Chronicles has everything that game did. It it pushed everything to eleven, which is just well, nonsense. Gonna, the original combined that with a very sensible craft of like just adding these little hints and files leading up to when you met him as well, which was very craftily done. And there's obviously in the demo we see one of the files has been reworded, but has still maintained a general sense of how he's trying to keep control and what he sees as something that's gone to shit. You know, something that gives him a laugh almost, you know. I think that still comes across, so. I know this isn't going to happen, and I know it's going to be very difficult to make work, but on the topic of irons, there's a little part of me that is kind of hoping that irons become sort of a more proactive human antagonist, in that he just comes after you down the fucking hallway with like an AR-15 or something like that or an assault rifle that he got from the armory and he's just trying to take shots at you while he's ranting saying my beautiful town they took it from me and all this sort of crap and he's just chasing you down the corridors and such shooting at you like a madman I think that'd be great to do they've got a lot of antagonists in the game though I think what would be interesting though in terms of irons is if he actually found out in this version that Claire is Chris's sister you know, and whether that changes his attitude towards her. I think that could be an interesting road okay. that could go down. Well, this is the thing, this is the debate, and I don't know if I wanted to, if people wanted to bring it up, but everyone's been discussing it, it's the conversation with Marvin and the importance put upon whether or not it seems like the same events happened at the end of Resident Evil 1 that had been portrayed at the start of the original version of Resident Evil 2 in 98, because he no longer talks about the um, stars members and not listening to them. Hmm. And and obviously that plays very importantly to that idea because I'm totally on board with that. If he realised that um, she was the sister of Chris and Chris is to be considered in his mind to be blamed for it has only happened because of the actions of the stars team. Mm. But, you know, in his mind. Yeah, I could see that dynamic being very interesting to explore. I wanted to quickly ask what you guys felt about the opening being quite different. Um, it seemed to be that, you know, the first zombie that Leon encounters is not in the RPD and is in this kind of this building. I'm not sure if that's meant to be the garage that he pulls into. I, I don't know. I think so it is. It's a convenience store. I think it's the Taxago garage he goes to on the edge of town. I think, think? the change oh, in the right. opening. So instead of the truck driver going there, Leon goes there. And that's, that's the first really zombie. Good. The and only I, downside to that is that we won't get to hear, like, damn maniac, why do you bite me? You know, it's like yeah. the best no, but, line. But Claire might go to the gun shop. Yeah. True. They've already established that the two of them will meet and they get separated by an accident, that's what it says, in the opening spiel text. So I feel like what it is is it's a more interactive version of what was originally the CG opening cutscene. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that means that we're going to get a driving section. I hope not. No. Um, no. I suspect it'll be still a cutscene because we obviously... I think this whole thing with the rat that we saw in the E3 trailer at Sony conference is part of it. That maybe how it opens with um, the rat... And we see that as being the introduction to Leon exactly as that scene is. I mean, it seems like a long scene to have made not to have it in the final yeah, game. So. I think they did clarify that in an interview that that was deliberately done for the trailer at E3 so people oh, wow. w- wouldn't necessarily know what game it was because they wanted to build up that anticipation. Well, Are you kidding me? I mean, no, I'm not the only one here, but surely did you all, the minute you saw that rat, did you all just think, yes, that's a raccoon city T-virus infected rat? 
That yeah, was. We're going to get into the references soon, but come on, as Outbreak fans, what yeah. a treat. What worried uh, me when I first saw it, when I saw it, because I thought I was so not expecting it to be the remake. Because I thought, oh, it's not going to be the remake. They're not going to show it because whatever. I thought, oh, it's going to be Days Gone. It's going to be Days Gone. And then when I saw Leon, I was like, it's not Days Gone. It's the goddamn remake. <laughs> this is great. What tipped me off is confirming it. Like, I was, like, George, I saw it. And I was like, this has got it. The retrospective has got to be Resident Evil 2. But it, as soon as you saw a PlayStation 1 in there, I was like, yeah, that's it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was beforehand. I saw the side of the PS1 and you see a controller. I was like, yep, there's Resident Evil 2. I was like, confirmed straight away. And then eventually, obviously, you saw Leon. No, you touched on the reference. It was interesting how there was a lot of Outbreak references in there, but there wasn't really any for Resident Evil 3. Mm. You'd think you'd seen a mercenary by now or something, wouldn't you? Yeah. But in the trailer, you see Leon approach the RPD that... from the east side of Ennerdale Street, which is where Jill approaches from in RE3. Yeah. And we've said before that the opening street section is obviously going to be expanded, and it would be a really nice touch if Leon runs around the streets that Jill does in 3. So if they end up doing that, it will lend credence to the idea that they're going to do a 3 remake down the line. Mm-hmm. I can't see how they're not going to do that. And I don't know if it was perhaps wishful thinking. I, no- I noticed this morning Michelle Ruff, who voiced Jill Valentine in Revelations, tweeted that she was actually on a VO job right now that she couldn't mention it. A secret mission, she referred to it as a, on, on a VO job that she was recording at the moment. So who knows? Oh, as we talk about the references now. No, I was going to say, yeah, since we touched upon it, it yeah, absolutely, perfect. Absolutely. So, Outbreak out- fans then. Absolutely. So, for anyone who doesn't know, there's a, there's a couple. The biggie, I would have thought, was Rita being directly referenced, one of the cops from Desperate Times Scenario. Now has a surname. I'm so proud because I called that before they actually announced it. You did, they? yeah. yeah. That was so ace. I just said, oh, that file, is that Officer Phillips? Could that be Rita? He's talking about it being a feat. And then like literally later that day, it was confirmed as Rita Phillips. So I was like, oh my God, that's a reference, isn't it? Wow. Someone in Capcom like not only knows about Outbreak, but actually likes it enough to reference. Who is this person? Yeah, that's what I said at the yeah, start right. about this being a reimagining, though. Because a lot of people have said on the forums, that, oh, well, Desperate Times can't be canon anymore because the layout's all different. But then this remake is saying, well, no, it's already happened. To the point where Leon and Marvin seem to actually be following Rita's plan by looking for the same emblems to go through the same tunnel. That lines up very well with the way that they've set this plot up with the notebook that Leon gets because obviously it means that someone else has already started the plan of trying to get the emblems and all that. I thought it was very clever as well. Mm. I missed it, Batman. Where is the Raymond Douglas poster then? Oh, it's on the wall somewhere. There's a few. There's a poster on the wall about stars. Um, there's a poster on the wall saying oh, Marvin Branner is Officer of the Month. And there's a poster on the wall of... It's a transcript of the evacuation order from the Wild Things file. In um, Is it? It's an abridged version of it, but it's signed by Raymond Douglas as Deputy Police Chief, yeah. Doesn't it just piss you off, though? That it <laughs> no, it does. Oh! It's so, so near yet so fit. far is what it feels like. It just doesn't fit. Oh, I need gas. I need gas down in the lower echelons of the RPD. Oh, no, no. I'm, you know, where's yeah. Kevin Ryman's desk? Well, that's it, isn't it? We're bound to come across that because that's in the East office. How is that in the East office, then? Is that mentioned somewhere? No, sorry, I'm getting that mixed up. That was the guy from Underbelly. Kevin's locker was in the night watchman's room, wasn't it? Oh, of course it was, yeah. That's right, yeah. Oh, God, I've got to say it. It almost makes me wonder whether we're going to get Outbreak HD because between Seven and now this, this is intentional. You know, you don't put Alyssa Ashcroft in a file and not expect people to, people like us, mm. you know, long-time fans, 
to sit up and not go, you know, then we get Raymond Douglas, we get Rita Phillips, you know, it's it's like, please stop teasing us, Capcom. This is the same as, uh, you know, our HCF reference in Seven, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it meant that old fans kind of sat up and took notice. Well, it was one of the things, wasn't it, on, I had a little hit list of what I wanted an, a remake to, to actually cover, and direct reference to Outbreak and the events of Desperate Times. Well, I know we're not, we're not going to quite get that, but we, we might, might get something. How's this then? I mean, I think both Bats and I said in that 20th anniversary celebration said there is no way a remake would mention Outbreak events. We actually completely <laughs> categorically wrote it off, and, how, and here we go. Do you That's not how pessimistic a... you were about the idea of a remake. That's... <laughs> do you not feel that it's like another case of Capcom? They give with one hand and they take away with the other. Yes, hand. I do. Do you yeah. feel that whilst they've included Rita Phillips, I think Batman made this point that with her now making suggesting this escape plan to Elliot, that completely retcons files that were actually were in Outbreak and certainly the, you know, the, that whole plan I mean John might want to come on to that because it's his I point sp- yeah I suppose that's a perfect lead in isn't it um, take it away Bats yeah well I'm sure I talked about this originally when they first announced this and we did that speculation podcast three years ago and I know it, you know a lot of people will roll their eyes when they listen to it because it's not really a big deal but it's still an important subplot if you put the files together from Resident Evil 2, 3 Outbreak 1 and 2 and even some Umbrella Chronicles and Dark Sides so that's six titles there you put all those files together and it gives you a really detailed chronological subplot of what happens to the police and how they get wiped out. But over the course of maybe three or four days, what happens to the RPD is it essentially gets split into two when you've got a contingent of officers on the west side of the building and a contingent of officers on the uh, east side with access to the main hall. And that's what leads into desperate times. And it tells a story of how these characters get killed off one by one until Resident Evil 2 starts and Leon comes in and they're all dead apart from Elliot Edward. And I know they've kept that in the remake by having Elliot Edward as the last surviving officer but you know just one throwaway line in a file that says Rita Phillips suggested the plan to Elliot Edward completely retcons all that because in the original Elliot Edward was one of the cops barricaded in the west side of the building and Rita was with Marvin in the east side and they had no contact with each other and I know it sounds like a little thing but that's just one example of when they don't think things through properly how one seemingly innocent line in a file has invalidated an entire subplot from six different games 20 years i want to play devil's advocate here and say why can't it be the other way around why can't this be a clarification of something that they felt was wrong to begin with that they thought it didn't make sense that they weren't working together and found ways when leon would come in and eventually make his way around the entire police station like this is the problem like i can you have to look at it from both perspectives like if we're talking about them changing the layout of the map in order to make it more realistic as i think we've pretty much established now is the case then why can't it be a case of like it doesn't invalidate everything else around it it just invalidates what originally happened because and this is the thing that you have to admit as well is that outbreak scenarios themselves don't all line up perfectly either to begin with and so you could almost say well yeah there's files and stuff and maybe changing the dates is to fix some problems but realistically it's about lining more things up than there already was and trying to create an actual order to the canon where there was potentially things that they weren't happy with or wanted to change for the purposes of clarifying story like is that a possibility as well well like, yeah of course it is it, both ways. it might be until we get more information we won't know but it just seems like they've obviously changed Elliot Edwards death he doesn't die on the roof anymore he dies giving his notebook to leon which is fine i suppose but it didn't have to be done is the point you know, yeah it didn't have to be elliot it could have just been a new officer and it's just things like things like that because obviously people who know me i like the law and you know i know a lot of people don't care about the real finer details 
that's the reason why I've been dreading this remake in a way. Mm. But to have that described as small potatoes by the community manager, it stung a bit today. And, and I know I know she can't speak out of turn against it. But the reason why I think this series has remained a sense of consistency, even when the games have been shit, you know, and they have been. You know, I'm, I'm not going to big up Resident Evil 6. It is terrible. But, you know, as much as I enjoy it and things like that, you know, and I know Resident Evil 5 isn't the most quintessential Resident Evil title, but you can't deny the story. No, And it's that story that's sort of held this series together. I mean, you look at something like Metal Gear Solid, that was written by one person, for the most part. I know he he had other contributors and such at times, but it's mainly Kojima's vision. And the amount of retcons, the amount of changes he made, which fucked events in other games... And you were just supposed to accept that. Resident Evil, for the fact that it's had like 21 years worth of storytelling across how many directors, how many writers, and yet it still maintained a sense with very little retconning of continuity, I think it's incredible. And I just think that the remake coming along, doing a couple of changes to some files, which then invalidates like eight files of six games, like John's just said, I think it's really sad. More than anything, it's just irrelevant. You didn't need to do it because the glue that sort of held those files together is strong enough that it didn't need any clarification. Mm. Um, and I just think it's a shame. And that combined with, and I think this is something we've talked about, there was always going to be changes to the RPD, that's for sure. And I always felt they should tread very carefully. Unlike Resident Evil 1, which is a one-game location, they could do what they like to it because you don't go back to it. Um, you go back to the RPD in Resident Evil 3 in an outbreak. So whilst a graphical update would be fine, a substantial graphical update wouldn't be a problem because you can just put it down to almost like graphical limitations and, you know, PlayStation 2 era graphics. But changing what you see, what rooms you visit in Outbreak, combined with a kind of file changes as well, it does completely invalidate what happens in Resident Evil 3. We don't think there's an underpass now or there's something very similar. We, we, there's no nemesis break-in room. It's like, well, Resident Evil 3 cannot fundamentally fit in, or at least the RPD part of Resident Evil 3 cannot fit in with what's happening in this, which is a problem for me. A big mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Same with Outbreak. Yeah, with regards to Resident Evil 3, yeah, I mean, like, the nemesis window's not there, so you're going to have to assume he comes in through a different window. I think it's pretty much confirmed at this point without them confirming it. They must surely be working on the three because they must be aware developers are savvy enough to include outbreak references to the level of detail that they have that they must know fans are going to scrutinize issues like the nemesis window and this was a perfect opportunity to fix the nemesis window it sounds trivial but it's not really to what's going on and as i said at the beginning all my criticisms are completely caveated by the fact that if resident evil 3 remake and outbreak remake comes along then i wouldn't have a problem with it at all as long as all those things line up again of course yeah there would be a greater level of control if they did a resident evil 3 remake now i think it would be with all the care and attention to fit in yeah. with the second one but i'm endlessly saddened by the fact that what i see as masterpieces people are in general are so easy to sort of discard and replace by something shiny well let's mm-hmm. look with umbrella chronicles they're able to add completely new storylines in beginnings and nightmare scenario and the lisa trevor one it's a credit anything. to umbrella chronicles that they were able to retroactively add Sergei yeah and it not create that many problems i'm almost amazed at how they did it really you know even things like the red queen subplot with wesker having to extract the files of the mansion there's no reason to say that couldn't work exactly as it's depicted in the game 
And I think just to anticipate perhaps any comeback as to, well, how, how would you have done the remake then? I would have made it look exactly as it looks at the moment. I think it looks stunning in terms of the graphics and the lighting and et cetera, et cetera. I would have just been much more reserved as to how the RPD looks and the general. I wouldn't have changed the layout. I may have added a few more rooms. If it's just added rooms that you don't see in Resident Evil 3 and 2, you could get around that quite easily. But I would have had a much more substantial street section. You've got the whole opportunity to completely change the sewer section, if you like, and to an extent the marshalling yard and the lab to an extent i know we, you revisit them again but yeah outbreaks bound to be invalidated again through the below freezing point stuff and probably zero as well so i'm concerned about that <laughs> i'm gonna throw something out there and this is gonna be controversial if they remake this and then they remake three yep but then they turn around and go outbreak was a bunch of what if scenarios and doesn't exist anymore because we're telling you the characters that we've utilized that did exist in canon how do you guys feel about that what happens if they basically say outbreak was always and will always be a bunch of what if scenarios and this is the actual events of what happened in two and three then i would feel like a star wars fan when disney came along and erased 30 years of the universe canon i guess I think that would be sad because Outbreak added so much to the lore and that was quite an achievement. The thing about Outbreak is it it did it in a harmless way. Outbreak is just kind of a game which bolts on very seamlessly to the rest of the series. The only thing you can sort of nitpick Outbreak doing is like adding a ladder where there wasn't one in Resident Evil 2 in like below freezing point. There's a couple of ladders which are added. There's a control panel that's added to the train platform. You know, when that's literally the only thing you can sort of pull up Outbreak breaking in terms of, and I know there's a few details in the police station most sort of glaring change is the corridor that you use to go down to the basement has a load of like deer trophies and everything in there doesn't it in outbreak Mm. it's plain corridor in the original yeah that's the type of difference i was expecting in the remake it'll be added details like that but you, i would easily just put that down to minor graphical differences yeah. of artistic license Again, almost to like what the remake did the yeah, remake. Yeah, yeah yeah it's like yeah. the fact that one of the changes i do like i'm positive for is the west room with the item box in just west of the main hall now has uh, waiting room chairs in it i'm convinced more and more now especially after finding out about the stairwell that that it is just them looking at it in a much more realistic way they've taken the criticisms about the bathroom to heart <laughs> and, uh, but then 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 taking it beyond that and said look we need to think about this functionally as it was a museum and now as a police station what's where how things progressed because that's the other thing that i think we've all talked about a little bit is that the file changes talk about the emergency station being set up and and actually creating the idea that was talked about kind of almost going right back to the 1.5 version which was that people took refuge and shelter there when the emergency was happening which is very realistic and so having little elements like a hospital bed and blankets and stuff blocked off and the shutters down and all these things make sense they actually add to that drama about what was going on in the city and to me there's nothing wrong with that i saw someone criticizing the idea that there was a body wrapped up in a blanket outside but again i think that's just visual storytelling i think that's a realistic thing obviously people died and not all of them came back as zombies some people might have shot themselves in the head you know like these things happen and so it's very realistic too that you would wrap a corpse and leave it outside in case there's a risk of it actually not being dead actually goes back to the resident evil 2 beta as well because in the beta there were body bagged people all around the station was it yeah yeah, in the morgue and in a couple of the corridors, there were actually like, um, you know, body bags. And then the, in a later revision of Beta, they had the body bags empty. In the final version, they removed them all together. Mm-hmm. 
which I only just found out about. It was on Unseen 64. They've got a load of comparison backgrounds between the trial, the beta, and the final version. And um, it's quite glaring changes, actually. And Remake 2 has actually retained some of the stuff that's in the beta. Mm. And it's the same way they've used some of the 1.5 stuff. Shout out as well to the Resident Evil 3 Remake fan theories. There's gunpowder. There is gunpowder. Yeah. That's another nice reference. Yeah. To be honest, though, I mean, I know I keep repeating it, but the reimagining idea rather than just a remake. It comes across to me that Capcom don't have any interest in just remaking Resident Evil 2. You know, they're pushing it a lot harder than what they did with Remake 1, even in just the 15-minute demo we've seen with the amount of changes they've made. And part of me hopes they will continue to do that throughout the entire game. So, I know it doesn't seem like there's any point to it, but it is. It's just doing. The Capcom are finally giving in to fan demand, and that's what they're doing it for. And it doesn't replace Resident Evil 2. It sits alongside it. So the story is still the same for anyone doing a time line, you know, Claire will still rescue Sherry, there'll still be the infection plot, the lab will still blow up, Umbrella will get the G-Virus, Hunk will get out, all that will be the same but just all the little details. But you said there's a fundamental change with regards to the potential date of Hunk's attack now. Oh, there is, I mean well, yeah, but we don't know the details, I mean Leon says in dialogue he was contacted a week ago and told to stay away and if you want to be nitpickety and take that literally, that means he was contacted one day before Hunk's mission took place, before the T-Virus even leaked in the sewers but you know the dates surrounding hunk is something i hope they do fix because that didn't make sense in the original game but the point is i mean i don't mind if this is just an alternate resident evil 2 then i really do hope they change things i mean we have seen you mentioned earlier that mr x is going to attack birkin that wasn't in the original we know the alligator's coming back but capcom has said it's going to be in a different way we've seen that shot in the trailer of the church location that isn't in the original the liquor corridor is different you know the enemy placements are different i don't mind stuff like that because the end result changed the camp, so, yeah, yeah here is a million dollar question to you guys that i have then when you're breaking down the timeline when you construct it, if you were to sit down and put together the Resident Evil timeline, the remake two's now been out. It's been out six months. You know all the changes like that. Which is the canon? Because the way I said it on Twitter to a few people who asked me earlier was, we'll probably go with the Umbrella Chronicles approach in that. Anything that directly contradicts the original version of 2, 3, Outbreak, whatever, is discarded. Anything that's new or fresh, you can kind of incorporate in the same way that you take the events of the original game and you can weave Lisa Trevor into it very easily because it doesn't contradict anything. Well, we still use elements of the original game as canon, like, for example, the scrapbook file with all the dates of the murders. That's not in the remake, is it? So we still class that as canon. Most of the files we've seen so far in this new one, unless they relate to new puzzles, they are abridged versions of... You know, the ones from the original game with some odd date changes. And another disappointing thing is they don't seem to be as detailed as the original ones either. The file that should be the operation report written by David Ford is called something different now. And hasn't it had all the dates brought forward by one day? I don't think it's that one, but there is one file where there's a date's been changed by one day. And again, maybe they've done that purposefully to bring in some new story point. I don't know. But if they haven't, it just seems like a strange change to make. But I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it, really. But in some ways, both of these games could be canon. Because if the story stays the same and it's just like the individual little elements that change, then I'm not bothered. But if it turns out this game is intended to be a replacement for Resident Evil 2, then that's when I'll I'll start having the same outlook as you and Nick. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, you, you go back to Umbrella Chronicles, and I think that's one of the sort of finer examples we can use. It's like, you know, you, you've got like the, the mansion retelling, the Spencer Mansion retelling. Well, we discard that more or less altogether, but we take from Umbrella Chronicles, Richard's scenario, 
Yeah. Even though that creates an issue because of where Richard gets bitten is not where he's found anywhere near. It's the other side of the mansion, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I know that creates an issue, and I know it causes continuity problems. But you you assume that that is pretty much how the Rebecca and Richard storyline plays out. I love well, this. Well, this just the highlights of the game. I just want to interrupt in the sense that this is the issue that we've always had right back from, and I'm going to say this since 1998 when Resident Evil 2 first came out. It was that we obviously had it confirmed who came out of the mansion incident alive. Yeah. And yeah, it never lined up with any potential scenarios so we basically had to assume that there was a scenario that wasn't portrayed in the game that basically allowed all the surviving members to exist mm-hmm. and to me that's dates aside that's not any different than changing various elements of plot and assuming that there's a scenario that just exists I mate, can understand mate, the date criticism but I'm still not on board with having issues with changing things the, as much as you guys are the zapping system in Resident Evil 2 you know, has its own problems doesn't it because there's not one pure canon version of Resident Evil 2 storyline no. across all four scenarios it's kind of a weird hybrid of all mm. four yeah um, early on it was almost like it was clear A Leon B but then as the years have gone on more and more bits of the other versions have kind of leaked through and people have picked as far as redevelopment's gone people have picked and choose the cheery moments that made more almost more dramatic sense and so yeah it's ended up being more of all four of them may I direct you to the the official Star Wars canon explanation as to who fired first this comes from the story group for it because obviously there's a lot of debate it goes Han Solo walks into to a cantina shots were fired that's it that is officially what happened and you know stories told that's such a cop out though that's like of saying that, Ada, that's, that's Ada exactly arrives at Birkin Labs and dies well, yeah, no, no, so. no. I'm, I'm talking about a specific moment in time, but in terms of what actually happened in the cantina, because of who shot first and whatnot, and they've almost canonised that in in a couple of short stories so, recently. So, yeah, Han walks into a cantina, shots are fired, Greedo dies. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nick, well, which is the canon then? Come on. No, you don't. This is what they've done. So That's not why I asked you. Come on. We don't know. It depends. It's very hard. If you go by the Blu-ray, then Greedo fires first. Oh my but, god! Let's just move on, please. But <laughs> I, I don't have an issue you with guys. it. Well, the thing is, it's been so overly messed with now that it's beyond the point of the point anymore. Like, the thing that... is, I'm gonna, I've got to call Nick out now because he's just completely contradicting himself for the entire fucking evening. Because on the one <laughs> hand, with Resident Evil, he's very, he's been very linear, and it, like he doesn't want the remake to do anything particular, you know, any, anything that changes. But then Star Wars. It's okay. Let's fuck around with it for thirty no, years. No, 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 no. If you go by the if you, <laughs> if, you go, if you go by the Blu-rays to Who Fired First, that's what it is. But then if you read the canon novel, a certain point of view, then it has other people's perspectives within the canteen who said Han fired first. So my question so... to you then, <laughs> I'm just going to interrupt before you ask that question. What they're trying to do is minimise the idea of it by saying it's a point of perspective and not actually giving an answer which, which is, is fine cool. nick's, just, nick's just quoted as saying the blu-ray revision of a new hope gives this debate so wh- how are you with the remake too so sort of it's the original is the canon i'm Where, not the the mo- that's the point that's the point i'm, I'm concerned because it, as, as bat says the remake is replacing the original mm. then this becomes the canon and so that's you would take concern. you would actually take the remake too yeah. and you would discard too i think you'd be forced to oh that's what's so upsetting for me. That's even the whole I, point. Even I have to agree with it. I understand where he's coming from. Like, if you're forced to because Capcom starts building off this and yeah. the mm. way to make it work is that it ha- you have to take this as canon, then that's how it's going to be. It's exactly the same as the situation with the new Star Wars films and that they've know. established a new canon and that is the, the new canon. That's... Why this game exists. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my workshop. I, I hate do. it. No, I do. Because, do you know what I blame? I blame console manufacturers for not allowing you a fucking simple way of like replaying these older games that remakes have to 
that happen almost like as a byproduct of a new machine. Yeah, but there's a double-edged sword to that statement, which is that even when they do allow them, and I'm looking at like something like the Xbox, where, I mean, obviously it's a slow progress, but they are making, obviously, a good amount of progress of making older titles available, people don't always choose to play them. That's the other part of it. People do want the shiny new toys and they want the modern style gameplay. But, and the other part, and I'm not saying this just for the sake of it, but it is the truth because they it themselves, is that people at Capcom are saying, you know, they're trying to balance out a need between the nostalgia and also trying to make sure the newer people or people who've only played the newer games can still play this. You have to admit that is a hard balance to get right. Well, it is, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saddened by the human race. I really am. No, I am. Because, you know, if people can't play a game like Resident Evil 2, and just because it's got older, you know, an older era sense of graphics, and they can't enjoy that, that's almost like saying you can't enjoy Alien or Aliens because it doesn't have CGI effects. You say this. I had this debate. I'm not going to name any names, not because I don't think anyone's ever going to listen to this that I know, but, like, there was someone I was working with, and they went and saw... Do you remember there was a movie that came out a couple years ago called The Shallows? It was Blake Lively. It's the Blake Lively shark movie. Shark movie, right. Right, okay, yeah. right. I was at work one day and I had a Jaws t-shirt on. <laughs> and the person who was at work saw that I had this Jaws t-shirt on with obviously this, it was literally, it's the poster. Yeah, quality. And they were like, oh, Jaws, shark movie. And I was like, yeah, of course. And they said, oh, I went and saw The Shallows. And I was like, oh, it wasn't any good. And they told me about it. And then they said, I've never seen Jaws. And I was oh. like, oh, really? You should watch it. And they went, no, I'm not watching it. It's too old. But then leave them behind, Rob. <laughs> just, just discard them. <laughs> It's all well and good to say, hey, people of our generation can go back and play these, but people of a younger generation who may have only started with Resident Evil 5 or 6 or 7 even, perhaps are very unlikely to go back and play. They are more likely to play something that is but, remade. That's just the simple truth of it. I know, but that is a simple truth, and I don't disagree, but there has to be a line drawn. There has to be a point where you have to say, this has to be resigned to history as, like, this era you, you can't just you know i've already seen people saying can we have the remake you know the resident evil 1 remake done in the over shoulder style and it's like how many times do we need that game remade you know are we going to be saying in 10 years time because the graphics obviously jump like another two generations well let's remake remake 2 again you know there has to be a line in the sand where you say right this is just an older game and it has an older visuals and deal with it well th- that has been my concern since the announcement of the Resident Evil remake five years after the original because while it seems like it was a long time at the time five years in the scheme of the 20 plus years we've had now is not very far at all it's not that far into it and yet we were already remaking the original game I think if anything like it was just the fact that it didn't do as well as Capcom had hoped that stopped them from remaking say even two at that time and three you know for the GameCube like had it been a smashing success there's a good chance that that would have happened and the version of four we got would have been completely different it's like that joke that was made about Skyrim at the E3 Um, like it's available on everything there is (laughs) I totally agree there's a line to be drawn on where something gets to and how many times you can release it and port it and remake it and re-release it but we are in a current state where there is a lot of remasterings reportings and remakes like it's just a thing and it's funny to look back at the remake of the original game and go it was well ahead of the curve on that you know following that the year after there was the remake of Metal Gear Solid for the GameCube as well and then there wasn't really a big generational thing until the next generation when they started remastering PS2 games in HD and obviously once that started making money people started looking at it as a really good chance of doing that sort of stuff um, and now we, now but at the same time Spyro, haven't we? Which yeah been... exactly but the other part of it as well as you look at it is that 
there's always been a clamoring for a remake of Resident Evil 2 since the remake of Resident Evil 1. That's the honest truth. Like, as soon as that came out, as soon as it was announced, really, it wasn't even when it came out, people were like, oh, wow, they're making this. It'd be awesome if they remake 2 as well. Yeah. We've already got it now. I mean, if you go on the um, YouTube page for the Resident Evil 2 remake trailer, one of the first comments is, now give us remake 3. Can they even get 2 out the door first, please? <laughs> you know, before we scream for the rest of the series to be remade. And right, then, stop. yeah, it does ask that question where the line is drawn. Are they remaking Code Veronica? Are they remaking Outbreak? Are they remaking Resident Evil 4? Yeah. Are, we, are we that far removed from the multiple, 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 multiple releases of Resident Evil 4 that everyone goes, let's remake Resident Evil 4 now? Like, yeah. But this comes back to the whole thing I've said time and time again on this podcast, which is that Capcom hasn't really been really that sure about where to take the franchise for a number of years now. And they've got two differing tracks of like the action and then the survival horror. And they've got a very fickle fan base, as we know. And it's hard trying to please all these people, yet none of these people all at the same time. And remaking stuff and stagnating it a little bit has been one of those ways of kind of having to delay releasing new games and or taking their time with making them when it came to like Resident Evil 7 for example where there was a very long development time to try and craft something they thought they were very happy with and obviously we were happy with it and a lot of people were but some people weren't because you can't please everyone and I feel like this remake is kind of almost a stopgap measure to that same thing it's like you've been asking it's like the Final Fantasy 7 remake as well you've been asking for it for so many damn years and now we've reached the point where we will give it to you because we need to do it anyway and we want to do it and it just pleases everyone and it potentially makes money and it, it's for all of the reasons and not just one of the reasons star start you've had a um people contact you ask us some questions yeah far away some, we've had some guys contact me on twitter i'll give you all a little bit of a shout out so first of all phantasmi on twitter hello um said how would we feel if the next trailer revealed that also a resident evil 3 remake is integrated uh, kind of wouldn't be surprised i think if we saw hints it would alleviate some concerns certainly <laughs> I'd be interested to see if they released it as a full title. It would make sense financially, but they could also have released it as a DLC and it would yeah. probably still work. I mean, it wouldn't be unfeasible to see like the next trailer end with a, a shot of like someone walking down a street, reaches down to pick up an ID card and it tilts up and it's jilt. Likewise, I'd say the same if you got to the end of the Resident Evil 2 remake and there was a bonus thing after the credits had finished and it was a similar thing. Brad Bischel on Twitter asks, uh, why would the tyrant wear a hat? We've kind of covered <laughs> that. Um, and will the tyrant have a more expanded role with it having interactions with Birkin? I'd kind of say, yeah, it's already into that. They can do a lot more with him. I mean, technology's evolved. All his appearances in the first game were scripted, weren't they? Yeah. I think he'd be more of a nemesis-type character this time. So it could, I mean, with the no loading screens, he could actually pursue you beyond the corridors that you meet him in. I was going to say the shutters, for example, could play a good thing once you get them powered up, you know, trying to drop shutters to block off his approach and he has to smash them down and all that sort of stuff seems like a logical idea. And that point I made earlier with the extra corridors they've put in and the extra doors linking the various rooms, so you've got different ways to go, that could be another way of avoiding him if he's following you all the time. Brad also asks, how Leon is depicted as young and inexperienced, does it give you faith they won't fuck up Ada? And she's something we've not really touched upon tonight to be honest, outside of a brief talk about her revised appearance. But um, Ada's going to be an interesting one because obviously Ada is that aspect of the series we've touched on a few times. Capcom's not really known what they've wanted to do with her and um, they're going to have to probably directly address the rival 
Marvel company thing head on yes. this time, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because of their background, and of course, you still ties them to the original game as well. I definitely think it's it's the right time to be able to do that anyway and start to expand your background. It's been so long that they need to, need to think about this. If they give her a proper background now, it'll go somewhere to answering questions we've got from four, six, and damnation. If they sort it out and tw- now, and twenty years basically, yeah. and twenty years of questions really, to be bluntly honest. It also allows us to expand the manipulation. She obviously using Ben and getting him to basically do dirty work for her on the, as far as manipulating him and stuff. That there's a good chance to expand that out a lot as well. Like if they introduce some hints as to what her, her overall end game is in this remake, and then she turns up in Resident Evil 8, and that plot point is followed up on, then it would make a hell of a lot more sense than what it does now. <laughs> Brad also asks, do we think Hunk and Tofu will be implemented in the games? I'd like to see Hunks, yeah, you know, like John said earlier, let's have some dates, let's have some actual clarification with what went on there. We know what is the canon way he actually got the G sample. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I'm not convinced that Tofu is going to be a survivor thing, quite like the original game. I think he's just going to be an alternate character for the main game this time around. That's my personal take. Do you think he'll wear a hat? <laughs> well, I'm still down for this whole game mode where all enemies have hats. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm totally down for that. How do we find the voice acting? Um, it's pretty solid so far. I think it's yeah. a shame Matt Mercier is not Leon anymore, but that's something we've had to get used to. I thought Marvin, the chap that does Marvin, and that was a really good delivery. I thought that was quite strong. I liked the acting in that one. I think it's an indication that they're they're starting to flesh out more of these side characters that may have only been mentioned in files. You know, they're now getting more prominent roles. Brad's final question is, do you think having no loading times between areas will amp up the tension with the zombies pursuing you? Um, I think it can only can. I mean, there's times you've watched people playing the demo and they've been surprised at the fact that they think what's behind them is okay and then suddenly they get grabbed. And it's an interesting departure from Seven where you could actually lock the moulded behind doors. And the same thing is on the opposite of opening a door and all of a sudden there's something on the other side of the door which you weren't expecting as a good chance for you know immediate jump skiers and that sort of stuff as well. JJH Steinman who, who is at BB Mac, he's often chatting to me on Twitter so uh, shout out to him. Can the remake ever capture the original's true survival horror with an over the shoulder point of view? We'll wait and see. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's different. I don't think it can capture the same but it could create its own. That's my personal take. But it's again yeah, it's to be seen. As I said earlier I think there's a good atmosphere there but it's a different type of atmosphere than the original and I think as you guys nailed the lighting is a big difference in that has anyone pre-ordered yet he asks no <laughs> this is something endemic with modern games I got Resident Evil 7 on like day one because I wanted to but in many ways I deeply regretted equally I want to buy Star Wars Battlefront 2 but I haven't bought it even though I can get it dirt cheap now because I, I want to wait for the disc with all the DLC and I can't done... trade in Resident Evil 7 now because it's worth about a penny there's part of you that goes oh these new games you've got to wait another 12 to 18 months before the complete game comes out I think the sad thing with this pre-order bonus with 2 is they're directly attacking people's nostalgia with the original soundtrack thing mm. and, uh, and the Elsa Walker for those who are in the costume yeah. for clear that for those who are in the Oh, yeah. So no, I won't be pre-ordering, and unless we get some clarification from Capcom as to where this game sits, possibly won't even be buying until we have the complete version out. Arty Sicarano or Sunny Bauer at Sunny Bauer um, asks about character designs, RPD layout, outbreak references, and NPC roles. 
we've pretty much covered most of them, I think. Is there anything else anyone wants to say? He asks about the what we think about the special content, or we've just talked about the soundtrack swap costume. Um, the oh, rumoured fixed like... camera mode. I think that's just See, a rumour. I don't yeah. think that'll be in it. Because I've heard people say that perhaps the Claire's campaign is going to be fixed camera. That is um, one I've but, like, I can't see well, them. Yeah. He asks about scenario great. pathways, and I have seen some speculation that if you choose to play the game as one character first, there's an option at the end where you can save it and certain things it's not going to be like an alternate scenario but certain things will carry over to your second playthrough so um, it's like a mini version of the zapping system yeah Do, you could still implement like the locker room mechanic you could choose to leave the side pack and then when you finish the game as Leon I see as Claire, that locker could still have that item in it in a sense it's still version the AB of the scenario isn't see this is the thing that people always get confused the zapping system and the ab scenario are two entirely different systems as well as capcom originally designed it the zapping system was exactly as you described it it's the decision making where you left items impacted on the scenario that was alternate to the scenario you're in. Mm. the scenarios themselves were just scenarios there were four game stories that linked two and two but the zapping system was always about it was supposed to be much more expanded as i recall but it literally came down to the choices like the p excellent gas the locker key and what you left there for each character, those sorts of things. That was the quote-unquote zapping system. And the final chap is a Jonathan Clark uh, on Twitter. Would love to know what you guys have on potential 1.5 outbreak references you'd like to see. The one thing I liked about 1.5 that it had over RE2 was that as you progressed through the game, your costumes were torn and you'd get, you know, sustainable injuries. You know, there would be evidence of the fact you'd gone through that that drama in the RPD. So I'd kind of like to see that affect the clothing and your appearance. Well, it's interesting to note on that regard. I did notice in one of the playthroughs from someone, they got bitten by a zombie before the Marvin cutscene. And in the Marvin cutscene, Leon had teeth marks on his yeah. neck. Yeah, he does. Oh, they, they oh, do, wow. they, yeah, they do stick. He gets other bite marks as well. Because there's one I've seen that one person's playthrough, he actually has a bite mark further down his back. I don't know if they disappear periodically. The guy I watched uses a first aid spray. And although his health bar went to fine, still retained the bite marks. Yeah, that's exactly. So I, that might be a possibility we don't know how far that goes if it's just a aesthetic thing that they've kept or if it actually has a long-term impact big question is where will this sit within the greater canon well we've no. <laughs> just talked about all that um it's not really a question it's just a reference coda to the trailer which is birkin impaling mr x not sure if any of you guys have ever looked at the incredibly over-the-top Manhauer comics in which Birkin and Nemesis go head-to-head. I guess the inspirations are boundless. Maybe so. Mm. They do seem to have pulled for Remake 2 quite a lot of different things. Mm. I guess this comes back to the argument of fidelity and how much graphics have changed where stuff that may have been... I mean, this is the thing we don't know. What may have been in the original scenario script where they had ideas that they couldn't feasibly do technically at the time that they're more than happy with doing now. And this also comes back to obviously looking back at their, obviously, the original artwork designs and 1.5 as well, obviously, because there's certain elements that we've seen that are referenced, obviously, the House of Walker thing. I think the shutters, the shutter door ideas kind of come back to that. If they start throwing in grenades or something... In there then i'm definitely like okay yeah and we haven't even touched on that gunpowder stuff as well that's in the demo which obviously links back to three a bit as well as a combination system you know that we've had throughout the entire series it wouldn't surprise me if the 1.5 shooting range is in the basement as well you've got an armory upstairs you've got you know these rooms that have added oh. that make sense to have that are, yeah shooting gallery is something that seemed to be such a fan favorite of the 1.5 version to not have something downstairs now yeah i agree if they added that i would be like cool yeah makes sense do we think we're Appear in the game. I think Capcom won't be able to res- 
resist putting him in. Yeah. I don't think it'll be anything silly like another Beginnings-style scenario. I reckon Ada's role's going to be a lot bigger in this game, and I think she'll probably be in contact with him like he was in Death's Door. So yeah. I think we may see him over the core deck thing from like separate ways again. I'm still, to this day, unsure about that file about someone skulking around the sewers. But if they wanted to play up that angle a lot as well, that seems like a good angle to kind of explain the whole more of the Ada Whisker thing. One thing I would like, just quickly, is um, if they can fit it in somehow, is to see more of human William Birkin before he gets infected. Yes. Because I know we got a glimpse in Zero. I'd like to see expansions on that. Maybe a quick flashback with, with Wesker. Marvin is not aware of the Stars team uncovering anything about the conspiracy. Yeah, that's a huge difference. I almost want to say that's bigger than date changes, almost, because yeah. that changes the entire dynamic uh, surrounding... I mean, it, before it was they told them what happened in the mansion incident and nobody believed them, ha, you know, and then it also played a little bit into early versions of Resident Evil 3, which they then kind of cut back where they had the shots of obviously Jill was supposed to be explaining that they were talking to Chief Irons and obviously because he was corrupt he was ignoring them but yeah Marvin doesn't mention anything unless, it's interesting to see what how that plays unless they've just censored it for the demo the potentially censoring story elements okay uh, we've also had a call in from uh, your friend of mine Vito okay let's get something out of the way first while I do believe that Resident Evil 2 is a masterpiece I was never opposed to a remake. I don't believe the game is untouchable or that the mere fact that it's getting a remake as sacrilege. I do genuinely believe the game, any game, can be unproved upon. And I do believe the remake has a legit shot of doing that. While initially I was a little bit iffy about the models, the character models, it was pretty obvious after they released the second trailer that the first one was an older build because Leon on the second trailer and on the gameplay videos they posted the day after looks much better. It looks very good actually. Um, I yet to see more of Claire to make a judgment but I'm pretty sure that she's gonna be, she's gonna look very good. One thing that I really, really liked were, were the zombies, the, mm, the zombie models. They look unbelievable. When they grab you and the camera close up to them, genuinely creeped the fuck out of me. This game is going to be amazing to play at night alone with headphones. It's going to be a blast. And while the loss of fixed camera angles is a bit sad, I do believe the Resident Evil-esque camera, it's going to work. It's The gameplay is balanced. With that in mind, you can already see the gameplay. The zombies are a lot harder to kill. It's not that easy to do headshots. I think they do even more damage. It looks great, honestly. You people really should give it a try. Another thing that at first I was iffy about is that they changed the RPD. Not much. There's still areas very faithful to the original, but others are not. Like the main hall of the RPD, it's different. But then again, I was blown away that the, the main hall of the RPD is actually modeled from the RPD of 1.5. I really think that's a nice touch. I don't really think it's a big issue. Another thing that I found funny is that people complain about Mr. X having a hat. Is it really that much of an issue? Again, it's actually something they took from 1.5. I don't really mind. 
I truly believe this game is great. It's gonna be great. Judging for the demo that I watch, which I wish I could play right now. Jesus fuck. I truly believe this game is gonna be good. And I really hope all of you give it a chance. I'm looking at you, stars. Called out, Sean. <laughs> well, I hope, Vito, that our discussion of the Tyrant Hat has not let you down. <laughs> but yeah, certainly the zombie animation and zombies like we've never yeah. seen before is a prevalent factor of this, and I wholeheartedly share his views about how great the game's looking. For me personally, kind of concluding everything, the legacy of this game will be what Capcom decides to do with it. Is it a reimagining kind of almost a bit like Orc? Then it sits there, or is it replacing that until there's some type of confirmation one way or the other i think it comes down to how the community as fans respond to it if it does well and people really love it then it will become the replacement because people are on board with it if they don't then it won't be it'll just be like oh well it was just reimagining and we tried like i think it comes entirely down to how the fan response is for me i don't think we've celebrated um cameo enough actually in terms of how much of a visionary he was you know back in the day you know in the 20th anniversary podcast i said that i think resident evil 2 represented a turning point for storytelling and gaming it came out in the same year as metal gear solid it came out in the same year as half-life and and these games really ushered in a new generation of cinematic storytelling for gaming Mm. and you know production value and everything and so as a result of that and this will be the point i'd like to end on is that i think resident evil 2 of 1998 was a genre-defining masterpiece that paved the way for a new generation of storytelling and gaming. And I think it'll be looked back upon in years to come as still that like lifelong masterpiece. I think Resident Evil 2 Remake can only ever be just a great game. It will not be a turning point in any way. It's just going to be a great game. Resident Evil 2 is a timeless masterpiece. 2 Remake is just going to be a great game. There we go. Any final thoughts from you, uh, Rombie? Hashtag hats on all enemies. <laughs> I'm totally keen on that idea. I'm still optimistic. I think this is what I, the thing I've been consistently trying to temper my expectations. And so in the same way, when I see the demo, I'm like, oh, this looks really good. And I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm not getting my hopes up too far in the opposite direction either. I just I want something that has enough of that feel and yet is different enough. And I think that's what they're aiming for. So I'm optimistic and I'm happy to look forward to it and something that I'll be playing at the end of January next year and being super excited to load up for the first time and have that hint of both nostalgia and hopefully something refreshing and new and it sets up a precedent for more future games that aren't all remakes as we kind of touched on before but are just like new games that utilize the style hopefully as well and that's what i think will be the biggest benefit out of this is that if it does well it's not just about the remakes it's that it gives capcom a clear understanding of maybe a game design that they want to go down for for future sequels mm. uh george Trevor? whether we take this distinction between reimagining and a remake more so even than capcom themselves and i wonder whether they actually when they sat down and started the scenario planning for this game whether they just simply looked at what's going to be the best for this modern audience and the best for you know presenting this game in 2019 my overall thoughts were that despite you know a lot of our reservations most of what i was looking for in this game has come about i don't like the fact that they have changed certain things and the things they have changed seem completely unnecessary and illogical compared to some of the things they've brought forward with the outbreak references significantly more promising than i was expecting and uh, yeah let's see what more there is i didn't like the idea that we've only seen leon claire's almost been relegated to like a secondary character so hopefully with more demo we're going 
going to see uh, the class section. Maybe Gamescom. Yes. Someone did make a comment, or one of the journalists had asked about whether or not they're going to show this demo off more often or other demos, and they said every game show up until it's released that they're planning on showing something or showcasing the demo. So hopefully that will seem as that's the next big event, then hopefully there'll be a clear focused trailer or demo on display there. Batman? Yeah, I'm a, a lot more optimistic than what I was. I can't deny I am looking forward to playing it when it is finally released, but I am purely on board with it based off the idea that it's a reimagining and not just a straight-up remaster to replace the original game. And I'm pleased that Capcom repeatedly said that over E3 as well, that it is a reinvention of the game, it's not just a remake. Part of me hopes that it Remake 3 isn't being made and this project is just purely for the fans because the fans demanded it and it's just an alternate take on Resident Evil 2. And that being said, I hope they push it even further with the changes the further the game goes on. But yeah, it looks good. I'm looking forward to it and well done Capcom. I'm pleased everyone's enjoying it and, you know, in that respect, I hope it is successful. Uh, Mr. Spencer's left us, as far as I can tell, um, so we can't have his final thoughts, but that does wrap up for now Resident Evil 2. Do not panic, folks. I'm sure we'll be discussing this in the months uh, and probably years to come. Who knows? So with that, we'll end our conversation as we join us for this podcast edition of Neptune's By Has a Quiz. New season. New questions. They're probably you fuckers. Welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So, welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. We have five questions. Four of them have come in from Vito. Everyone can clear their desktops. Let's crack on. Question number one. It's a timeline question, folks. At what date did Marcus's leeches turn to cannibalism? Difficult. So, depending on what people put, depending on how many points are available half points quarter points so question number two another timeline question but you can be a bit more broader here in what year did michael warren become the mayor there's no distinct date ever given but you have to do a bit of maths and work it backwards if i remember correctly question number three what was lewis sarah's grandfather's profession Got a choice of four, if you want it. Do you want options? Yeah, go for it. That's a multiple yeah. choice. Is he a police officer, a hunter, a doctor, or a scientist? Question number four. In the Umbrella Top Secret file, seven BOWs are listed. What are they? Quite an easy one, so I want all seven. And finally, question number five. 
I'm casually strolling in Raccoon City and I enter the clothes shop. I decide that I'll let all my inhibitions go and dress up as Regina from Dino Crisis. Looking at the changing rooms from left to right, we'll label them numbers one to five, what changing room do I enter? This is going to be a big fat zero from me, guys. (laughs) There's a fixed camera angle of all the changing rooms. Which one do I go in if I want to dress up as Regina? So that finishes our five questions this week. Join us after this when we'll run through those answers. This is not how I imagined my first day. I got this. What the? Save yourself first. Help me, please! What in God's name? So let's see. So question number one, on what date did Marcus's leeches turn to cannibalism? We'll start with George Trevor on this one. I don't know. I've got no idea. Sorry. Any guesses? Any dates? No, I can't. My mind's a blank, complete blank. I'm sorry. Stars turn. I just went for a random guess of April 30th, 1978. Right. Uh, Batman? It's 1978. I think it's February because I'm sure it's around the time of my birthday. I'm going to say February 11th. I know it's yeah. February, but I don't know the day. Rumby? I remember February, I'm guessing 78. Well, everyone else is saying, but I knew it was around that time from the file. The file, the year problem with the date yes, between yes. 78 and 88. An idea in the day, the 7th. No one quite get the point. We're very close. It's the 10th of February, 1978. Only one day out, so uh, unlucky. Um, uh, ooh, half points for Romby and Batman. Question number two, in what year did Michael Warren become the mayor? Batman? 1987. Star Staron? I said 19. 19- 1980. I didn't know. Rumpy? No, I said 88. George? I was a guest. I said 85. Points for Batman. 1987 is the correct answer. Well done. Well yeah. done. Question number three. What was Lewis Sarah's grandfather's profession? We had the choice of police officer, a hunter, a doctor, or a scientist. Um, Star's turn. I think he was a scientist because doesn't he talk about his grandfather seeing the virus in a lab one time? George? Yes. I'm sure in a file. Batman? I think he's a hunter because I'm sure the file explains that's how Lewis knows how to hide in the area because his grandfather showed him some secret tunnels when he was a kid. Uh, Rumby? I was going to go doctor. I'm just guessing I can't even remember. Points for Batman. He was a hunter. Yes. (laughs) Kiss my ass. 
was it Lewis who saw the T virus in the lab one time? Yeah. Yes. Fucking hell. Amazing how it all blurs over the years. <laughs> you should get a point here. Question number four in the Umbrella Top Secret file, seven BOWs are listed. What are they? George Trevor. Zombies. Well, you've got the tyrant facility factory there, so tyrants, hunters, those weird men things, those clone men. I can't remember what they were called. Uh, like the infiltrators or something. Clean it, yeah. The hypnos tyrant and um, I think that's all I can offer up. Okay. I can't make it. Um, Rombi? I'm going with zombie, liquor, ivy, hunter, Cerberus, tyrant, and the hypnos tyrant. Yeah, okay. Uh, Batman? I think it's zombie, Cerberus, liquor, hunter, ivy, tyrant, and a reference to something secret, which turns out to be the hypnos tyrant. Stars? Zombie, Cerberus, hunter, tyrant, liquor, ivy, and then the last one I said spider. The answer is zombie, Cerberus, ivy, oh liquor, my... liquor, hunter, tyrant, prototype, which is the hypnos. Interestingly, just so you don't aware of my knowledge, the actual question from Vito, apologies for calling you out, he only had six down. Totally forgot the prototype there, Vito. So there is a degree of verification with these questions that come through. Believe it or not, so there we go uh, so points there for Batman and Romby unlucky stars by going for the spider oh I'll give you half stars because you got six out so finally question number five between numbers one to five which um, changing room would you go into if you wanted to change into the Regina outfit we'll start with you Batson uh, numbers one two three or four five um, I've no idea I've never done it so I'm just going to guess two okay uh, Romby uh, I'm going to guess four I have no idea stars turn I guess number one Point to Star's Tyrant. It is, <laughs> it is one. Oh, I got it over the topic. I can't be proud of. It's like a random guess on a fucking costume change. Wow. I couldn't remember because the only version that has that is the original PlayStation version. In all the other versions, it's just a selectable yeah, screen, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. God, remember yeah. when I used to know this law like the back of my hand, and now I, I'm just getting questions right about costume changes. <laughs> Let's look at those final scores so the winner this week with three and a half points it's Batman and then joint second Stars Tyrant and Rob with one and a half points George Trevor did not score so that does conclude the quiz for this podcast join us next time when we'll have some more questions Thank you all very much. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. It wasn't too controversial for your listening pleasure. We will obviously be touching on Resident Evil 2 Remake throughout future podcasts. Whether there's anything further that will warrant a further specific podcast on 2, we shall wait and see. Otherwise, we'll probably be back talking about the, the live-action voice of Gaia and the experience if we ever get round to watching it. I'm still keen to do a one-to-one live commentary on one of the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm surprised that my edition has not yet sold on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. We shall wait. So, yes, there are a couple of podcast ideas coming up, so there we go. So, again, thank you all very much for listening, and it's goodbye for me, Neptune. Goodbye for me, Batman. Goodbye for me, Rombie. Goodbye for me, Stars Tyrant with a hat. Take off your coat 
Hats on all enemies. 